Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we will be having commentary and analysis of last night's first uh, address to Congress uh, from President Donald Trump. And what a speech it was. And what we're going to do tonight, just in case you missed it, is we are going to have it played for you in its entirety. Now, we're going to try something new here on uh, uh, Bart's Logic Political Talk. And we're also going to be looking to have this on Facebook Live. And you'll be able to get a video of – we're going to work on getting a video of the the address – uh, with audio to it as well, uh, and there is a link here uh, that you uh, will be able to access here on Blog Talk Radio uh, to watch that video as well. And so when we got uh, when I get the message uh, from David, who is uh, working with us uh, to make that possible for you, then we'll go ahead and we'll get that live. There's plenty of time. Uh, Trump only spent about an hour. Uh, so we did keep it within the timeline that they were talking about. Uh, and so we did keep it within an hour. As you know, you very well know, this is a three-hour show. And so there will be plenty of time for us to get this together for you so you can hear, again, the uh, address in its entirety. Uh, but while we're getting that set up for you folks, uh, and then, uh, Dave, if you hear me out there, just leave, uh, send me a Facebook message uh, to let me know that we are indeed live there on Facebook. And let's go ahead and uh, bring in uh, Susan. So let's uh, go ahead and think, bring in Susan. Thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, it, it, it was a long night last night. I'm, I'm, I was pretty excited. I was a little disappointed uh, with the uh, – you know, a little disappointed with the speech – uh, well, just one aspect of it, and, I'll, and I'm not going to give anything away, just in case for folks who have not heard it yet, uh, you know, then I'm not, I'm not going to give any of that away yet uh, until, you know, we listen to it. But did you get the, okay. I mean, but just, you know, did you get the opportunity to watch the speech uh, last night, Susan? Uh, no, I didn't. I was thinking. <laughs> no? Um, but I've read stuff, you know, from my... Uh, what do you call it? You know, emails and things. I heard the Demo- Democrats, Schultz, Debbie Schwarzman Schultz, and uh, oh, the 
with the big black guy. Yeah. They they sat down. <laughs> they didn't stand up. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, and that's why I'm hoping that the video well we're gonna try to get the video for folks so that's something new we're trying here. Uh so you know, for those who haven't uh, seen it yet, you I mean you could see some of the things that you're like well, I, I can't believe we're not uh you know, I, I can't you know, and that's 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 what you're hearing since we're live here on the show in the background going on is we're we're getting that audio uh, together for you. There's uh, some logistics uh, that are uh, that are needed in order to get this to work because we're kind of playing with technology here. So I mean, you're really getting a a, <laughs> a grassroots on the uh, you know just working uh, to get things to uh, that to happen. So you you may be hearing that, and then I'll get that message from David when he's ready. Uh, for us to go live there. And as I said, you can go to, it's called Making America Great Together uh, with an explanation mark. Uh, and you can go to uh, that Facebook page, JS to join, and you'll be able to get, uh, listen to the, you know, the Facebook Live, see the video, and make commentary on there. And so that's what we're, we're working on getting uh, to work for you. I know that was redundant because I said these two words twice. And uh, Kelly, we do see on the line, I appreciate the message. Uh, drive safely and, and just uh, chime in. Uh, but w- w- once we get the audio, uh, I want Kelly, if you can, or, or you, Susan, if you can, just send me a text and let me know that uh, you are also hearing the speech well, too, since, as I said, we are experimenting here uh, live for you uh, with some new technology that we're, we're look at working on. I mean, the technology itself and what we're trying to do with the technology, you know, it's kind of something new that we're going for you. And so I think that could be, you know, oh. exciting tonight and exciting in the future, you know, for us getting that, that getting that working. I know that Numbers, Numbers USA was happy with him. On oh, well, yeah, they're, they're the organization group. And, 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 and yes, yeah, so they're uh, the, they really watch immigration, uh, the Numbers group. And right. I believe, I mean, if you look back in our archives, uh, you, I think we've interviewed for someone from Numbers. I mean, uh, it was quite some time ago. I'll have to double check, but I think we may have uh, interviewed some people from there. Oh, okay. There's Alapac, there's Numbers USA, there's several different uh, groups that do the immigration thing big time. So now, uh, have you um, now let me now you know you're you know someone with the John Burr Society. Have I mean they made any comments or anything? As I said, we don't want to give anything away from the, you uh, know, of the speech no. that we're, we're working on getting to you. But did, did they have any make I any comment on it? I have not gone through all my emails, so they might have. I don't know. To be perfectly honest, you know what's really funny is um, this guy posted a thing in the group. Um, Paris looks like a war zone right now as Muslim immigrants battle alongside leftist anti-capitalist groups take over parts of Paris. And Facebook reported it to me. It's called a self-reporting or something. Like it was bad. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I auto-reported by Facebook itself. And I proved it. They want to argue over the news, which is out there. They will get an argument. So, I, you know, this it just shows you what they'll do when the immigrants and that, when they get their own way with things. And, uh, another thing that I read was Eric, you know who he is, the Red State News, Eric Erickson? You've heard of him? 
he, he okay, uh, real quick, I got um, real, real, real quick. It looks like we do got the uh, the Trump speech on live, but I'm I'm trying to hear some. Let, let me uh, be quiet here for a moment for see if we can hear the audio uh, from Trump's speech, uh, which is showing some uh, pictures there. Uh, we don't have the video yet, so maybe they're working on that. Uh, so we can also hear some audio uh, for that. So. If uh, when David, uh, if he can send me a message on there uh, to let me know how that is going. Uh, I mean, if we don't get, you know, we still have some things to work on. If we don't get that going, we all, you know, we do have uh, the audio of the speech, you know, where, where I can play. But first, I want to hear back uh, from David and see what he's got working on. Because, I mean, I do see uh, the live uh, there on Facebook, uh, the, you know, the Facebook live now. Uh, I do see them work, you know, working on it, so I don't see the audio. Uh, I don't hear any audio, so maybe once we hear some audio for that, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get that uh, going it's for about, you as well. No greater act of love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Ryan laid down his life for his friends, for his country, and for our freedom, and we will never forget Ryan. And that was actually one of the uh, that, that was one of the quotes uh, from the yeah that was one of the quotes you know that we were going to highlight tonight we will highlight tonight uh, from his speech and I mean that got a standing ovation I mean for a long time that you know uh, it, it, it was very emotional and you, you know folks I'm not a very emotional guy but you know I I did feel a, 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 tw- a twinge of it there and I mean it, it was especially seeing you know. The, the fallen soldier's, you know, wife there, you know, basically you could see her, you know, saying things to her, you know, deceased husband uh, on there. I mean, and, and the shame, well, I won't give it because maybe we'll, we'll we'll be able to get some, some video for you uh, so you can see that. Uh, but we'll, um, you know, but let's go ahead and, and, and get an update and see if I can get a hold of David here. Uh, David, can you hear me, sir? Yes. Uh, we should be live. Are you ready for the speech? Uh, yes. Yeah, so whenever you're ready, we'll ju- I'll go ahead and mute my mic, and we can go ahead and uh, listen to the speech in its entire uh, in its entirety. Whenever you're ready. Should be going right now. Now let's see what we got here, folks. I see. I, I see the video playing on uh, the "Making America Great Together" with the explanation mark there on Facebook. I see the video going, but I'm not really hearing it there, uh, there David. The distinct honor of presenting to you. There we go. Of the United States. Yeah, David, I'm I'm seeing the video, but I'm not hearing the audio on that. So folks, bear with us, stay with us, whether you're here live or if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, we do have uh, we we do have the speech. Uh, it's just an audio. Uh, if we don't uh, get that working, but we're we're still going to try to get like I think that'd be 
uh, really cool thing if we could be able to get those. Okay, we got the uh, the video here that is. And citizen of sub-America, tonight, as we mark the conclusion of our celebration of Black History Month, we are reminded of our nation's path towards civil rights and the work that still remains. Recent threats targeting Jewish community centers and vandalism of Jewish cemeteries, as well as last week's shooting in Kansas City, remind us that while we may be a nation divided on policies, we are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms. American generation passes the torch of truth, liberty, and justice in an unbroken chain all the way down to the present. That torch is now in our hands, and we will use it to light up the world. Well, folks, you can kind of hear some of the, the things going on with the technology. As I stated, it was uh, new, so we might have to. Uh, let me go ahead and, and and get with uh with David, see if maybe if they wanna either try again or maybe just so I could play the audio till we get this uh, uh this more nailed down for us. Uh so let's uh, uh we'll we'll bring uh Susan back in and we do see other folks if they like to chime in, uh, just push the one on your number dial and, and, and we'll get you into the show. And so uh let's see if uh if maybe if I should just play that audio. Uh, that I've that we've got prepared here, uh, if need be, and then we can uh, make you know make uh, you know our, our commentary then. And so, but I appreciate it. But you know, this is you know, tell you what, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. You're not going to be able to hear the behind the scenes uh, that you're hearing here, uh, and the, the different different technical things that uh, actually happen and, and work on when people are trying to get new technologies uh, to work together. Uh, in, in ways that they, you know, weren't quite uh, thought of. I know we were uh, working uh, with the folks uh, from bluejeans.com or .org uh, who did conferencing, and, you know, they were discussing on, you know, you know how things are going and some of the uh, the problems that uh, we've been, we were experiencing. And, you know, we're, we're talking to one of the, the tech help, and she's like, well, yeah, it's never quite been used. Uh, before that way, uh, so, but we'll, we'll you know we'll see how it goes. So I'm going to wait to get a a message back uh, from you know, David, who uh, appreciate it, and we're, we're trying to get this together. Uh, but we do, uh, you know, of course, just, you know, have some glitches and things of that nature. But you know that that's something exciting that we're going to be looking uh, to do in the future uh, is to be able to go to you know do that Facebook Live. That's something new. Uh, so where people can actually listen to the show here and also be on Facebook Live as well. Uh, so I think that'd be 
uh, you know, pretty cool thing that we'd be able to do. Uh, and, and some people can actually, you know, hook up their cameras and things of that nature and be seen. You know, I'm kind of a behind-the-scenes, you know, person myself. So I don't know if you'll see any video of myself, <laughs> me, at least not in the, in the near future. Uh, but that's not something that's outside of uh, the realm of possibility. And so we got we we do have uh, – I do see other callers, and just push that one on your number dial uh, if you'd like to chime in. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, Susan. Uh, so you said that you, you you did send out some messages to your folks at the the John Burr Society, and did you say that you know at this point none of them t- re- replied or anything, or just haven't had a chance to through well, all your emails? No, I, what was I that? Just, yeah, I haven't gone. I gone through all my emails, but Roy Beck put out a statement after his address and said we were thrilled to hear the president struggling American workers at center stage and the rationale for strong immigration enforcement. The best news for workers was the president's insistence that legal immigration must be reformed so it will stop depressing wages. He promised that immigration policies must be merit-based and guided by the principle of improving jobs and wages for Americans, provided with tacit endorsement for passing Senator Tom Cotton's Raise Act, Senate Bill 354, which would eliminate visa categories not based on merit that bring in hundreds of thousands of immigrants a year. So that was not his whole thing, but that was one of the big, I thought was important. And um, uh, Eric Erickson has been a stubborn man. He was a Cruz and a Rubio supporter. And he had said, I will not rally to Trump. If Trump's able to get the nomination, the Republican Party will cease to be the party I served as an elected official. And I will not, it will not deserve my support and will not get it if it chooses to nominate a pro-abortion liberal masquerading as a conservative who preys on nationalistic tribal tendencies and has an army of white supremacists online as his loudest cheerleaders. Now, that was, you know, obviously when Ruby and them were done. But last, then he wrote a thing. And I'll post on your thing called "Last Night the Man Became the President," and he actually yeah that's, that that sounds like uh, Alex Jones said that you believe that not Alex Jones uh, Van Jones <laughs> oh I'm gonna <laughs> said say that last night <laughs> no I don't not Alex say Jones Van Jones remember that's the same okay. guy who said you know this election was due to white lash remember that yeah. But for a minute, I was like, Alex Jones? <laughs> uh, no, no, anyway, no, no, that was Van Jones. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he basically said, you know, I disagree with everything he's Bush. I mean, he said that, you know, Trump stands for, uh, but we'll, uh, you know, he goes, but, you know, I think he did, you know, which I was got shocked to hear him say, say, you know, he did become, the, you know, the president of the United States last night. And, and Trump, and see, I'm not going to ruin it because I am going to play the audio shortly. Uh, if we don't, uh, if we can't get the other with the video going, uh, which we are going to eventually, folks, we are going to do that because I think it's, I think it's a great idea. Uh, but anyway, is that so we, we you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to the bottom of the hour. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get it to the bottom of the hour, and uh, we'll we'll hear. Oh, wait a minute, I might have got. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh no, that was the link that you sent me. And so yes, if I don't hear anything with at the bottom of the hour, we'll hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network, and then what I'll do is I'll just go ahead and hear, uh, you know, and play the audio that I've had, uh, you know, I've got prepared here, you know, for 
we have kind of a backup here that we that we you know, decided that we thought would be a good idea to do. And so let's go well, ahead and uh, as I said, we'll do that at the bottom of the hour. I got kicked off. Uh, that I had to call back in. I kept saying hello, hello, and there was nothing. Just dead air. Even though it showed the number. Well, man, so maybe you had to say Bob is is after us again, right? <laughs> well, I didn't know. I just thought I better warn you real quick that when I you said something about bringing me back on, I was already off and had to dial back in. So I don't wow. know if that happened to anyone else or not. No, I, mean, I don't even know. I didn't even. I mean, you must have got in, got you know, got clicked out and backed on very quickly because I didn't even. Uh, right. I, I didn't even see it. And I, I, oh, yeah, I see okay. you do got that. Uh, oh yeah, the insurgent. dot com, the article that you sent me. And while we're uh, waiting to hear from the Patriot Journalist Network, uh, let me go ahead and, and take a look at that. And then what we're going to do, folks, is we're going to go ahead and. Because we want to have plenty of time for commentary, and it was about an hour speech. Uh, so we'll, we'll go, uh, let's see this article here. Um, it's a short one. Then we'll hear from the Patriot Journal Network. And then what we'll do is we'll go ahead and play our backup audio clip uh, that we've uh, uh, prepared for you uh, so that you can, for those who have not, uh, whether you're listening live now or listening to the podcast, uh, have not heard the speech in its entirety. And so uh, we've got here says, the truth is the president's Presidential speeches to joint sessions of Congress are quickly forgotten. Within a week, the nation will be on other topics. But while these speeches are forgotten, the impressions they leave will live on. Last night, Mr. Trump finally became President Trump. Uh, that should scare the crap out of Democrats. And I actually made that uh, comment today uh, with some of my colleagues. But anyway, so a President Trump speech was, frankly, a conventional speech to a crowd that favors convention. He sounded the part. He hit the right notes. His remarks on Ryan Owens and having Mrs. Owens there were electric and unifying. And uh, it was a moment of of nonpartisanship in a hyperpartisan age. The moment allowed all but the most cynical partisans to be American, not partisan. The president put the nation ahead of the tribe. That matters. It matters because things have fell out of sorts for some time, and the last month has been discombobulating and confusing for so many people. Last night, President Trump restored normalcy. It has a different rhythm and a different cadence, but it is familiar. That familiarity is reassuring. The president's performance should scare Democrats because they had placed their bets that President Trump is incapable of rising to the occasion, but he did. They cannot now rely on letting Trump president self-immolate. They are now going to have to relate to people in the heartland again, but can they? In saying, my job is not re- – yeah, well, see, this is going to take – I'm not going to read this part um, because I don't want it to take away from folks. But there was a quote that they referred to, um, and then it goes on, a President Trump connected with the middle class across demographic lines, and Americans witnessed a Democratic Party sitting on their hands. Yeah, okay, I'm not the word I would have used. But anyway, when Congress misses Owens a standing ovation, Keith Ellison, the would-be chair of the DNC, mm-hmm. and Debbie Wasserman Schultz refused to stand. Yep. Very that important, folks. Yep. Last night, the president showed he really has found his footing. He showed he really can be up to the task of being everyone's president. 
He showed he has invested in the job. And so at this, folks, uh, we are going to get ready to play that audio that we have prepared for you. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and hear from our friends at the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to that www.patriotjournalist.com, especially if you are a Twitter user. And you you know what? You could probably uh, get on there and also follow Donald Trump as well as a, a great group of uh, patriots uh, using Twitter uh, as a tool as much as what President Trump is doing now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to mute our mics, and we are going to proceed to hear Donald Trump's first address to the joint session of Congress. Thank you very much. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and the distinct honor of presenting to you the President of the United States. Mr. Vice President, members of Congress, the First Lady of the United States. And citizens of America, tonight, as we mark the conclusion of our celebration of Black History Month, we are reminded of our nation's path toward civil rights and the work that still remains to be done. Recent threats. As soon as you have mic open, if you can please uh, check, turn down their speakers, and maybe call in at 347-945-7438, so you can listen to the fighting and feedback. Thank you. Recent threats targeting Jewish community centers and vandalism of Jewish cemeteries, as well as last week's shooting in Kansas City, remind us that while we may be a nation divided on policies, we are a country that stands united in condemning hate and evil in all of its very ugly forms.
Each American generation passes the torch of truth, liberty, and justice in an unbroken chain all the way down to the present. That torch is now in our hands, and we will use it to light up the world. I am here tonight to deliver a message of unity and strength, and it is a message deeply delivered from my heart. A new chapter. of American greatness is now beginning. A new national pride is sweeping across our nation, and a new surge of optimism is placing impossible dreams firmly within our grasp. What we are witnessing today is the renewal of the American spirit. Our allies will find that America is once again ready to lead. of the world, friend or foe, will find that America is strong, America is proud, and America is free. In nine years, the United States will celebrate the 250th anniversary of our founding, 250 years since the day we declared our independence. It will be one of the great milestones in the history of the world. But what will America look like as we reach our 250th year? What kind of country will we leave for our children? I will not allow the mistakes of recent decades past to define the course of our future. For too long, we've watched our middle class shrink as we've exported our jobs and wealth to foreign countries. We financed and built one global project after another but ignored the fates of our children in the inner cities of Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit, and so many other places throughout our land. We've defended the borders of other nations while leaving our own borders wide open for anyone to cross and for drugs to pour in at a now unprecedented rate. And we've spent trillions and trillions of dollars overseas while our infrastructure at home has so badly crumbled. Then in 2016, the earth shifted beneath our feet. The rebellion started as a quiet protest spoken by families of all colors and creeds, families who just wanted a fair shot for their children and a fair hearing for their concerns. But then the quiet voices became a loud chorus as thousands of citizens now spoke out together from cities small and large all across our country. Finally, the chorus became an earthquake and the people turned out by the tens of millions and they were all united by one very simple but crucial demand that America must put its own citizens first, because only then can we truly make America great again.
dying industries will come roaring back to life. Heroic veterans will get the care they so desperately need. Our military will be given the resources its brave warriors so richly deserve. Crumbling infrastructure will be replaced with new roads, bridges, tunnels, airports, and railways gleaming across our very, very beautiful land. Our terrible drug epidemic will slow down and ultimately stop. And our neglected inner cities will see a rebirth of hope, safety, and opportunity. Above all else, we will keep our promises to the American people. Thank you. It's been a little over a month since my inauguration, and I want to take this moment to update the nation on the progress I've made in keeping those promises. Since my election, Ford, Fiat Chrysler, General Motors, Sprint, SoftBank, Lockheed, Intel, Walmart, and many others have announced that they will invest billions and billions of dollars in the United States and will create tens of thousands of new American jobs. The stock market has gained almost $3 trillion in value since the election on November 8th, a record. We've saved taxpayers hundreds of millions of dollars by bringing down the price of fantastic, and it is a fantastic, new F-35 jet fighter, and we'll be saving billions more on contracts all across our government. We have placed a hiring freeze on non-military and non-essential federal workers. We have begun to drain the swamp of government corruption by imposing a five-year ban on lobbying by executive branch officials and a lifetime ban. on becoming lobbyists for a foreign government. We have undertaken a historic effort to massively reduce job-crushing regulations, creating a deregulation task force inside of every government agency. And we're imposing a new rule which mandates that for every one new regulation, Two old regulations must be eliminated. We're going to stop the regulations that threaten the future and livelihood of our great coal miners. for the construction of the Keystone and Dakota Access Pipelines, 
thereby creating tens of thousands of jobs. And I've issued a new directive that new American pipelines be made with American steel. We have withdrawn the United States from the job-killing Trans-Pacific Partnership. And with the help of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, we have formed a council with our neighbors in Canada to help ensure that women entrepreneurs have access to the networks, markets, and capital they need to start a business and live out their financial dreams. To protect our citizens, I have directed the Department of Justice to form a task force on reducing violent crime. I have further ordered the Departments of Homeland Security and Justice, along with the Department of State and the Director of National Intelligence, to coordinate an aggressive strategy to dismantle the criminal cartels that have spread all across our nation. We will stop the drugs from pouring into our country and poisoning our youth, and we will expand treatment for those who have become so badly addicted. At the same time, my administration has answered the pleas of the American people for immigration enforcement and border security. By finally enforcing our immigration laws, we will raise wages, help the unemployed, save billions and billions of dollars, and make our communities safer for everyone. We want all Americans to succeed, but that can't happen in an environment of lawless chaos. We must restore integrity and the rule of law at our borders. reason, we will soon begin the construction of a great, great wall along our southern border. As we speak tonight, we are removing gang members, drug dealers, and criminals that threaten our communities 
and prey on our very innocent citizens. Bad ones are going out as I speak, and as I promised throughout the campaign. To any in Congress who do not believe we should enforce our laws, I would ask you this one question. What would you say to the American family that loses their jobs, their income, or their loved one because America refused to uphold its laws and defend its borders? obligation is to serve, protect, and defend the citizens of the United States. We are also taking strong measures to protect our nation from radical Islamic terrorism. According to data provided by the Department of Justice, the vast majority of individuals convicted of terrorism and terrorism-related offenses since 9-11 came here from outside of our country. We have seen the attacks at home, from Boston to San Bernardino to the Pentagon and, yes, even the World Trade Center. We have seen the attacks in France, in Belgium, in Germany, and all over the world. It is not compassionate, but reckless to allow uncontrolled entry from places where proper vetting cannot occur. Those given a high honor of admission to the United States should support this country and love its people and its values. We cannot allow a beachhead of terrorism to form inside America. We cannot allow our nation to become a sanctuary for extremists. That is why my administration has been working on improved vetting procedures and we will shortly take new steps to keep our nation safe and to keep those out who will do us harm. As promised, I directed the Department of Defense to develop a plan to demolish and destroy ISIS, a network of lawless savages that have slaughtered Muslims and Christians and men and women and children of all faiths and all beliefs. We will work with our allies, including our friends and allies in the Muslim world, to extinguish this vile enemy from our planet. new sanctions on entities and individuals who support Iran's ballistic missile program and reaffirmed our unbreakable alliance with the State of Israel.
Finally, I have kept my promise to appoint a justice to the United States Supreme Court from my list of 20 judges who will defend our Constitution. I am greatly honored to have Maureen Scalia with us in the gallery tonight. Thank you, Maria. Her late great husband, Antonin Scalia, will forever be a symbol of American justice. To fill his seat, we have chosen Judge Neil Gorsuch, a man of incredible skill and deep devotion to the law. He was confirmed unanimously by the Court of Appeals, and I am asking the Senate to swiftly approve his nomination. Tonight, as I outline the next steps we must take as a country, we must honestly acknowledge the circumstances we inherited. 94 million Americans are out of the labor force. Over 43 million people are now living in poverty. And over 43 million Americans are on food stamps. More than one in five people in their prime working years are not working. We have the worst financial recovery in 65 years. In the last eight years, the past administration has put on more new debt than nearly all of the other presidents combined. We've lost more than one-fourth of our manufacturing jobs since NAFTA was approved. And we've lost 60,000 factories since China joined the World Trade Organization in 2001. Our trade deficit in goods with the world last year was nearly $800 billion. And overseas, we have inherited a series of tragic foreign policy disasters. Solving these and so many other pressing problems will require us to work past the differences of party. It will require us to tap into the American spirit that has overcome every challenge throughout our long and storied history. But to accomplish our goals at home and abroad, we must restart the engine of the American economy, making it easier for companies to do business in the United States, and much, much harder for companies to leave our country. Right now, American companies are taxed at one of the highest rates anywhere in the world. My economic team is developing historic tax reform that will reduce the tax rate on our companies so they can compete and thrive anywhere and with anyone. 
It will be a big, big cut. At the same time, we will provide massive tax relief for the middle class. We must create a level playing field for American companies and our workers. Have to do it. Currently, when we ship products out of America, many other countries make us pay very high tariffs and taxes. But when foreign companies ship their products into America, we charge them nothing or almost nothing. I just met with officials and workers from a great American company, Harley-Davidson. In fact, they proudly displayed five of their magnificent motorcycles made in the USA on the front lawn of the White House. And they wanted me to ride one, and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> At our meeting, I asked them, how are you doing? How is business? They said that it's good. I asked them further, how are you doing with other countries, mainly international sales? They told me without even complaining, because they have been so mistreated for so long that they've become used to it, that it's very hard to do business with other countries because they tax our goods at such a high rate. They said that in the case of another country, they tax their motorcycles at 100%. They weren't even asking for a change, but I am. I believe. strongly in free trade, but it also has to be fair trade. It's been a long time since we had fair trade. The first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, warned that the abandonment of the protective policy by the American government will produce want and ruin among our people. Lincoln was right, and it's time we heeded his advice and his words. I'm not going to let America and its great companies and workers be taken advantage of us any longer. They have taken advantage of our country no longer. I'm going to bring back millions of jobs. Protecting our workers also means reforming our system of legal immigration. The current outdated system depresses wages for our poorest workers and puts great pressure on taxpayers. Nations around the world, like Canada, Australia, and many others, have a merit-based immigration system. It's a basic principle that those seeking to enter a country ought to be able to support themselves financially. Yet in America, we do not enforce this rule, straining the very public resources that our poorest citizens rely upon. According to the National Academy of Sciences, our current immigration system costs American taxpayers many billions of dollars a year. 
Switching away from this current system of lower-skilled immigration and instead adopting a merit-based system, we will have so many more benefits. It will save countless dollars, raise workers' wages, and help struggling families, including immigrant families, enter the middle class. And they will do it quickly. And they will be very, very happy indeed. I believe that real and positive immigration reform is possible as long as we focus on the following goals. To improve jobs and wages for Americans. To strengthen our nation's security. And to restore respect for our laws. If we are guided by the well-being of American citizens, then I believe Republicans and Democrats can work together to achieve an outcome that has eluded our country for decades. Another Republican president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, initiated the last truly great national infrastructure program, the building of the interstate highway system. The time has come for a new program of national rebuilding. America has spent approximately $6 trillion in the Middle East. All the while, our infrastructure at home is crumbling. With the $6 trillion, we could have rebuilt our country twice, and maybe even three times if we had people who had the ability to negotiate. To launch our national rebuilding, I will be asking Congress to approve legislation that produces a $1 trillion investment in infrastructure of the United States, financed through both public and private capital, creating millions of new jobs. This effort will be guided by two core principles. Buy American and hire American. Tonight I am also calling on this Congress to repeal and replace Obamacare. with reforms that expand choice, increase access, lower costs, and at the same time provide better health care.
Mandating every American to buy government-approved health insurance was never the right solution for our country. The way to make health insurance available to everyone is to lower the cost of health insurance, and that is what we are going to do. Obamacare premiums nationwide have increased by double and triple digits. As an example, Arizona went up 116% last year alone. Governor Matt Bevitt of Kentucky just said Obamacare is failing in his state, the state of Kentucky, and it's unsustainable and collapsing. One-third of the counties have only one insurer, and they're losing them fast. They are losing them so fast. They're leaving. And many Americans have no choice at all. There's no choice left. Remember, when you were told that you could keep your doctor and keep your plan, we now know that all of those promises have been totally broken. Obamacare is collapsing, and we must act decisively to protect all Americans. is not a choice, it is a necessity. So I am calling on all Democrats and Republicans in Congress to work with us to save Americans from this imploding Obamacare disaster. Here are the principles that should guide Congress as we move to create a better health care system for all Americans. First, we should ensure that Americans with pre-existing conditions have access to coverage and that we have a stable transition for Americans currently enrolled in the health care exchanges. <laughs> Secondly, we should help Americans purchase their own coverage through the use of tax credits and expanded health savings accounts. But it must be the plan they want, not the plan forced on them by our government. Thirdly, we should give our state governors the resources and flexibility they need with Medicaid to make sure no one is left out. Fourth, we should implement legal reforms that protect patients and doctors from unnecessary costs that drive up the price of insurance and work to bring down the artificially high price of drugs and bring them down immediately.
And finally, the time has come to give Americans the freedom to purchase health insurance across state lines. which will create a truly competitive national marketplace that will bring costs way down and provide far better care. So important. Everything that is broken in our country can be fixed. Every problem can be solved. And every hurting family can find healing and hope. Our citizens deserve this and so much more so why not join forces and finally get the job done and get it done right? so many other things, Democrats and Republicans should get together and unite for the good of our country and for the good of the American people. My administration wants to work with members of both parties to make child care accessible and affordable, to help ensure new parents that they have paid family leave. to invest in women's health, and to promote clean air and clean water, and to rebuild our military and our infrastructure. True love for our people requires us to find common ground to advance the common good, and to cooperate on behalf of every American child who deserves a much brighter future. An incredible young woman is with us this evening who should serve as an inspiration to us all. Today is Rare Disease Day, and joining us in the gallery is a rare disease survivor, Megan Crowley. Megan... diagnosed with Pompeii disease, a rare and serious illness, when she was 15 months old. She was not expected to live past five. On receiving this news, Megan's dad, John, fought with everything he had to save the life of his precious child. He founded a company to look for a cure and helped develop the drug that saved Megan's life. Today, she is 20 years old and a sophomore at Notre Dame.
Megan's story is about the unbounded power of a father's love for a daughter. But our slow and burdensome approval process at the Food and Drug Administration keeps too many advances, like the one that saved Megan's life, from reaching those in need. If we slash the restraints, not just at the FDA, but across our government, then we will be blessed with far more miracles, just like Megan. In fact, our children will grow up in a nation of miracles. But to achieve this future, we must enrich the mind and the souls of every American child. Education is the civil rights issue of our time. I am calling upon members of both parties to pass an education bill that funds school choice for disadvantaged youth, including millions of African-American and Latino children. These families should be free to choose the public, private, charter, magnet, religious, or home school that is right for them. Joining us tonight in the gallery is a remarkable woman, Denisha Merriweather. As a young girl, Denisha struggled in school and failed third grade twice. But then she was able to enroll in a private center for learning, great learning center, with the help of a tax credit and a scholarship program. Today, she is the first in her family to graduate, not just from high school, but from college. Later this year, she will get her master's degree in social work. We want all children to be able to break the cycle of poverty, just like Denisha. But to break the cycle of poverty, we must also break the cycle of violence. The murder rate in 2015 experienced its largest single-year increase in nearly half a century. In Chicago, more than 4,000 people were shot last year alone, and the murder rate so far this year has been even higher. This is not acceptable in our society. Every American child should be able to grow up in a safe community, to attend a great school, and to have access to a high-paying job. But to create this future, we must work with, not against, not against, the men and women of law enforcement.
We must build bridges of cooperation and trust, not drive the wedge of disunity and dis and really it's what it is, division. It's pure, unadulterated division. We have to unify. Police and sheriffs are members of our community. They're friends and neighbors, they're mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, and they leave behind loved ones every day who worry about whether or not they'll come home safe and sound. We must support the incredible men and women of law enforcement. And we must support the victims of crime. I have ordered the Department of Homeland Security to create an office to serve American victims. The office is called Voice, Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement. We are providing a voice to those who have been ignored by our media and silenced by special interests. Joining us, Joining us in the audience tonight are four very brave Americans whose government failed them. Their names are Jameel Shaw, Susan Oliver, Jenna Oliver, and Jessica Davis. Jameel's 17-year-old son was viciously murdered by an illegal immigrant gang member who had just been released from prison. Jameel Shaw Jr. was an incredible young man with unlimited potential, who was getting ready to go to college where he would have excelled as a great college quarterback. But he never got the chance. His father, who is in the audience tonight, has become a very good friend of mine. Jamil, thank you. Thank you. with us are Susan Oliver and Jessica Davis. Their husbands, Deputy Sheriff Danny Oliver and Detective Michael Davis, were slain in the line of duty in California. They were pillars of their community. These brave men were viciously gunned down by an illegal immigrant with a criminal record and two prior deportations should have never been in our country. Sitting with Susan is her daughter, Jenna. Jenna, I want you to know that your father was a hero and that tonight you have the love of an entire country supporting you and praying for you. Jamil, Jenna, Susan, and Jessica. I want you to know that we will never stop fighting for justice. Your loved ones will never, ever be forgotten. We will always honor their memory.
Finally, to keep America safe, we must provide the men and women of the United States military with the tools they need to prevent war. If they must, they have to fight, and they only have to win. sending Congress a budget that rebuilds the military, eliminates the defense sequester, <laughs> and calls for one of the largest increases in national defense spending in American history. My budget will also increase funding for our veterans. Our veterans have delivered for this nation, and now we must deliver for them. The challenges we face as a nation are great, but our people are even greater. And none are greater or braver than those who fight for America in uniform. We are blessed to be joined tonight by Corinne Owens, the widow of U.S. Navy Special Operator, Senior Chief William Ryan Owens. Ryan died as he lived, a warrior and a hero, battling against terrorism and securing our nation. to our great General Mattis, just now, who reconfirmed that, and I quote, Ryan was a part of a highly successful raid that generated large amounts of vital intelligence that will lead to many more victories in the future against our enemy. Ryan's legacy is etched into eternity. Thank you.
and Ryan is looking down right now. You know that. And he's very happy because I think he just broke a record. <laughs> For as the Bible teaches us, there is no greater act of love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Ryan laid down his life for his friends, for his country, and for our freedom. And we will never forget Ryan. To those allies who wonder what kind of a friend America will be, look no further than the heroes who wear our uniform. Our foreign policy calls for a direct, robust, and meaningful engagement with the world. It is American leadership based on vital security interests that we share with our allies all across the globe. We strongly support NATO, an alliance forged through the bonds of two world wars that dethroned fascism and the Cold War and defeated communism. But our partners must meet their financial obligations. And now, based on our very strong and frank discussions, they are beginning to do just that. In fact, I can tell you the money is pouring in. Very nice. We expect our partners, whether in NATO, the Middle East, or in the Pacific, to take a direct and meaningful role in both strategic and military operations and pay their fair share of the cost, have to do that. We will respect historic institutions, but we will respect the foreign rights of all nations, and they have to respect our rights as a nation also. Free nations are the best vehicle for expressing the will of the people, and America respects the right of all nations to chart their own path. My job is not to represent the world. My job is to represent the United States of America. But we know that America is better off when there is less conflict, not more. We must learn from the mistakes of the past. We have seen the war and the destruction that have ravaged and raged throughout the world, all across the world. The only long-term solution for these humanitarian disasters, in many cases, is to create the conditions where displaced persons can safely return home and begin the long, long process of rebuilding.
America is willing to find new friends and to forge new partnerships where shared interests align. We want harmony and stability, not war and conflict. We want peace wherever peace can be found. America is friends today with former enemies. Some of our closest allies decades ago fought on the opposite side of, of these terrible, terrible wars. This history should give us all faith in the possibilities for a better world. Hopefully, the 250th year for America will see a world that is more peaceful, more just, and more free. On our 100th anniversary in 1876, citizens from across our nation came to Philadelphia to celebrate America's centennial. At that celebration, the country's builders and artists and inventors showed off their wonderful creations. Alexander Graham Bell displayed his telephone for the first time. Remington unveiled the first typewriter. An early attempt was made at electric light. Thomas Edison showed an automatic telegraph and an electric pen. Imagine the wonders our country could know in America's 250th year. Think of the marvels we can achieve if we simply set free the dreams of our people. Cures to the illnesses that have always plagued us are not too much to hope. American footprints on distant worlds are not too big a dream. Millions lifted from welfare to work is not too much to expect. And streets where mothers are safe from fear, schools where children learn in peace, and jobs where Americans prosper and grow are not too much to ask. When we have all of this, we will have made America greater than ever before. For all Americans, this is our vision. This is our mission, but we can only get there together. We are one people with one destiny. We all bleed the same blood. We all salute the same great American flag. And we all are made by the same God. fulfill this vision, when we celebrate our 250 years of glorious freedom, we will look back on tonight as when this new chapter of American greatness began. The time for small thinking is over. The time for trivial fights is behind us. We just need the courage to share the dreams that fill our hearts the bravery to express the hopes that stir our souls, and the confidence to turn those hopes and those dreams into action. From now on, America will be empowered by our aspirations, not burdened by our fears. 
inspired by the future, not bound by failures of the past, and guided by a vision, not blinded by our doubts. I am asking all citizens to embrace this renewal of the American spirit. I am asking all members of Congress to join me in dreaming big and bold and daring things for our country. I am asking everyone watching tonight to seize this moment, believe in yourselves, believe in your future, and believe once more in America. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless the United States. Thank you very much. Members of Congress, I have the And giving folks a few moments to let that sink in. That was the first address uh, from Don, President Donald Trump to the joint sessions of Congress. And some of the uh, main points, and as I've gone through these, uh, go ahead, uh, for those who are called in, uh, the push the one on your the number Facebook dial. Live has stopped. <laughs> so we could do uh, the commentary and analysis. Uh, so push that one on your number dial, and I'll get you into the show. And if you're out there listening, give us a call at 347. 945-7428, and we'll uh, get you into the show for your commentary and analysis as well. But because the way the show goes, you only have about 29 minutes uh, before doing that. That doesn't mean you only have 29 minutes uh, to be heard on the show. That just gives you 29 minutes to call in. We do have about an hour and a half uh, left of the program, so we have plenty of time for uh, my comments and yours. Uh, so give us a call between that time at 347 347- Nine four five seven four two eight, and uh, we'll get you into the show. And so, as I said, the, the main points here uh, that we've got uh, is, uh, you know, he talked to. Of course, he began it with uh, the Jewish cemeteries and uh, the bomb threats, as you know, that have been going uh, that happened the other day uh, throughout the country. You know, against uh, Jewish schools, Jewish uh, recreation centers. Uh, just you know, destroying property of the cemeteries. Uh, so that's one point. Another, we talked about unity and strength and renewing the American spirit. He talked about that a couple of times. I brought up that phrase, uh, you know. And then of course we talked about making America great. Uh, we seen you know for those who who did were able to watch uh, the video or watch the speech. Uh, of course they were sitting down when he was talking about that. Uh, and he's talking about uh, another point. This meeting uh, keep, is being broadcast on Facebook Live. There we go. And that's, you know, keeping our promise uh, to the American people. And let me check out that uh, Facebook Live, which there, uh, David uh, is working on. And you can go uh, and see if we can get that going for a commentary if you'd like to type that in. Uh, visit on Facebook, Making America Greater Together, explanation point. Uh, so if you will like, there's two ways for you to do that. You can follow the link uh, that was provided here on Blog Talk Radio, or you're able, or you can just go to your Facebook search engine and type in "Making America Greater Together" with an explanation point, and that should get you there. Uh, and you can ask uh, to join the group. Uh, David uh, will help administer that. And uh, again, you know, back to the points while you're uh, looking at that is 
you know, when he was talking about American jobs, of course, you know, uh, Pelosi, I noticed, was still uh, sitting in her seat. Uh, and I'm thinking, I was thinking when I seen that, well, how can you be against that? How can you be against, you know, creating jobs and just sitting there? And, of course, uh, he talked about deregulation task force. Um, and well, it looks like, uh, let's see. Let's see if we can get called back in. We got, while David's called, we'll be able to be, if you can get called, uh, called back in, just make sure, David, uh, you'll be able to do that uh, prior to the top of the hour. And so uh, deregulation uh, task force, tell us about, uh, um, <laughs> we was talking about that, just uh, about unusual American steel. And then, of course, we, you know, talk about, you know, some women's, you know, issues, not issues, but, you know, topics. Uh, there was two, like, I didn't know their names. Uh, one was uh, Elizabeth Warren, and she was talking to somebody else, kind of looking to each other, you know, confused. Uh, and also, I tell you, I mean, there's just, gosh, there's so much, so many talking points so, uh, we can go down. Uh, we also have, uh, I mean, I can't read my notes here, <laughs> about drugs and immigration informants. You talked about uh, constructing the this, the Great Wall, if you remember hearing him say about that. Uh, now, constructing the Great Wall, to me, sounds like it's going to be, uh, you know, a literal wall. I know there's some uh, talk about the possibility of it just being, you know, a, a virtual wall. But if I'm going to talk about construction, maybe we're, we are talking about the, the wall that at least I would like uh, to know. And, and he mentioned during that, you know, about people saying, well, what, what can you say, you know, remember that, you know, to the American family who's been a victim of, you know, these illegal immigrants and, uh, you know, especially the, the well, they're all criminals, uh, I think, you know, I mean, coming across the border illegally, you're a criminal, you broke the law. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that should be dealt with. And I, I like the point where he said it's not compassion to let compassion to just let, you know, people come in, I mean, without any kind of vetting occurring. I think that's important. Uh, and, you know, it, of course, again, he talked about extinguishing ISIS. Uh, now, even when he said that, there was a few times that, the, you know, the Democrats did stand up, and that was one of the few times uh, that they did. And, of course, uh, then he needed to talk about Supreme Court justices uh, that will defend the Constitution. He also talked about restarting the engine of the American economy, uh, which made the, the Democrats look sad, uh, you know, when I've seen that. Um, and merit-based, you know, immigration, you know, where they have to prove. And, and there's other countries that do this that make you prove, uh, and I think even Ireland may, may be one of these, that you actually have to prove that you can support yourself uh, to to be able to to live there. So you're not going to get in there and just get on their social uh, welfare system. Uh, and I, I think we should. I think that's a good idea for us to do. And of course, you talked about the national rebuilding infrastructure. You know, uh, and you talked about spending a trillion dollars. Now, one thing that I like to link up with building infrastructure, and about what he talked about with. You know, having – we'll talk more about this one as well because he said that towards the end of the speech about, you know, it's not uh, – you know, it's not too big to dream to have American footprints on, you know, uh, you know, other worlds uh, – I wish – gosh, I, I wish I could remember that. That quite a couple of I can't. You know, about other worlds, you know. And, of course, you talk about the moon and Mars, and, and one of the things we can help to build our infrastructure, especially energy – 
uh, is that we can uh, use that uh, moon colony, moon base, in order to gather helium-3 to work towards nuclear fusion power plants, as, as you uh, may know. Uh, actually, those type of plants do not give off radiation like the nuclear fission plants we have now uh, because it's the splitting of those atoms that causes that radiation, uh, whereas fusion is more – it works the way the sun works uh, in, in, that, in creating energy. But then you also, you know, it's about the, the $1 trillion. We'll see how that uh, will pay for it. He talked about private-public partnerships uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, health care. Uh, we talked about, you know, repealing and replacing Obamacare. You know, one of the things I thought was odd about Obamacare is I talked to people who, you know, where, you know, he had, he had older folks. That didn't make sense. Older folks who would have to pay for, you know, maternity care or something of that nature, you know, part of their, the bill was paying for like, well, they're not ever going to be paying for that again, you know. And then one thing, uh, and then, of course, he mentioned Matt Bevan, who we've interviewed here on the show. And to let you know, I have been talking with, or I haven't talked yet, but I have been emailing back and forth with Matt Bevins, which you heard him mention in the speech about how Obamacare is affecting that. I have been uh, in contact with, you know, kind of emailing back and forth with his press secretary, working on getting Matt Bevin back onto the show. And so we're going to work on that. Uh, so hopefully soon. And then it goes on. You know, you know, and, and some I agreed with, you know, the, the paid family leave. I keep thinking when I hear that, well, what about dads? They never give us any kind of paid family leave, or at least not that much. Uh, now, one thing, I, you know, school choice, I disagree, and I, would, I definitely want to, you know, have talked about that in su- subsequent shows. I'm not a fan of school choice, especially with these vouchers given out uh, to pay for private schools. And, and maybe it's a personal matter to me because, you know, I work my ass off. Excuse the French, even though we're not Bard's Logic after dark. But I, you know, I work hard to send my my daughter to a private school, and I just don't think it's, you know, let's be honest, I just don't think it's fair for those parents who sacrifice and work hard and and sometimes work two jobs. You know, I mean, I do some some part time work to help go towards my daughter's tuition. You know, and so why, you know, I got to do that to send her to a private school when if uh, a, you know, a child's in a failing a public school system, they'll give them, you know, write their family a check so that they can go to a private school. Well, that ain't right just because of the neighborhood they live in. You know, they don't have to work as hard as I do. And, you know, and other parents like me in order to get, you know, their kids to get the same quality, you know, private schools that I send my, you know, my child. I mean, I, I mean, if people want to debate me on it, let's do it. You know, that's fine with that. Um, and, of course, they talk about law enforcement, you know, and you know, when we talked a lot about that in – you know, the uh, during the election, of course, you know, there was a lot going on with Black Lives Matter and the, the cops being targeted, things of that nature. Um, he also brought up uh, with that Jamil Shaw, which we've had here on the show as well. You could check uh, in the archives of the show our interview with Jamil Shaw, you know, our, our, the father of Jamil Shaw. Uh, so we've had him on. Then we talked about NATO, you know, and pay the fair share, which, you know, that's just something the Democrats love to say about the rich, they got to pay their fair share. They seem to have a problem with Bush, not Bush, with Trump, uh, telling that uh, the NATO countries need to pay their fair share. And of course, he talked about uh, you know, 250 years of freedom. You know, we're coming up to our anniversary. And I really loved where he said, my job is not to represent the world, but to represent the United States. And, of course, my favorite is American footprints on different worlds is not too big a dream. 
That's what uh, what I was referring to uh, later. So I did come up with the with, with the quote that I wrote down here uh, that he gave. And so you know, and it goes on, you know, with that. And so let's go ahead and get in our callers. But first, uh, we'll get uh, you and Susan and you as well, Kelly. But I want to check back in with David uh, there at the Making America Great Together there on Facebook. That's with an explanation mark uh, where we were looking to uh, get some uh, commentary from himself. And also, uh, and that's uh, David, as I said, from that group as well as uh, getting some commentary from John F. DeLeo. Uh, and so we'll uh, like to hear from him as well, hopefully. But do we still have uh, yourself, uh, David, and John on the line here? Yes, can you yes, hear us? Great, I can hear you both. And so we'll um, we'll go ahead and since you guys have been waiting, and we're going to get uh, yourself and David, and then you, John, and then Kelly. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad it looks like Kelly, you're you're back where you're going safe, and we'll, we'll get everybody on the show. There's plenty of time, but since you gentlemen were we're working hard trying to get this video going for us, and that is something I, I really want us to try uh, to do again. I think it might have been. Uh, the video might have caused us some, some issues with timing with the audio, but we will get it working because I think it's a great idea. But, you know, let's go ahead and, and tell you know, what two things. What, you know, what was your overall thought? You know, first we'll go with you, David, and then <clears throat> you, John. First, what was your overall thought of the, the speech in general? And then what was the one thing, I'm sure there might have been many, but what was the one thing that stand out to you that, you know, really made you be like, yes, I'm glad to, to hear that? And then maybe something that might have disappointed you about it. Now, mine was I, really, I wish you would have had more of a, a Kennedy-esque uh, speech when it came to maybe reinvigorating the, sp- the space program and, you know, the space race again, because I do think it exists. Uh, you know, it's coming up. And it's just not talked a lot about about how, we, you know, that could really help the economy and help bring people together. It's something that Congress and everyone uh, could work together, bring uh, the nation together <clears throat> for that like it did. Uh, back in the late 60s and 70s. But let's go ahead and, and get your thoughts on that, David, and then yourself, John, and then we'll bring you Kelly and Susan back. And I do see other people uh, on the, the call to push started. the one on your number dial so we can get you back in. And then I do see some folks in the chat. Give us a call at 347-457-428 uh, because if you do not unfortunately do that, in the next 16 minutes uh, you'll miss the extended period, uh, whereas you'll miss the – uh, you know, you will be available to hear it on the archive, you know, which you can find here on Blog Talk Radio or also on iTunes, uh, where you, we could download it on iTunes to your mobile devices. Uh, but you won't be able to hear it live. You'll be able to hear it at the podcast. But maybe even more importantly, and I think it is, that you will not be able to participate in tonight's show if you don't call in uh, prior to that. Now it's about 15 minutes. To give us a call at 347-945-7428. So let's go ahead and hear from you, David. Thank you very much. Go ahead. Hey, uh, how's it going? Can you hear me okay? Yes, David, I can hear you. Okay, great. I want to say uh, hello to everybody out there. I thought it was a fantastic speech. I thought Donald Trump was absolutely showing genuine, true confidence. Uh, Totally unstoppable. I think the media has set all kinds of traps for him, and they've been trying to sell a narrative of a lot of stereotypical anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-Trump messages. 
and the narrative that I think the uh, media has been trying to portray and uh, describe Donald Trump as to most people who have never sat through a speech or actually uh, listened to him before, uh, he totally went over their heads, went right past them to the American public. I believe this is the first opportunity for a lot of Americans really to actually see the real Donald Trump or probably an opportunity for a lot of people to hear a speech of his really for the first time now that he is president. So the uh, Trump went kind of straight past them over their heads, and uh, although it was no surprise to kind of life, uh, lifelong, long-term uh, supporters and observers of Donald Trump, I think it was news only the people who have been receiving the wrong version of the news and have never gotten their own opportunity to make their own opinion. I think they saw a great leader, a great president, very confident, painting a very positive picture of America, and it was just amazing how he's uh, saying that America is back to lead the world to see Democrats sitting in their white sheets of surrender clothing, sitting on their hands. But for the most part, I think it was a triumphant speech and just makes for a great administration that I know is getting only better. So thank you so much for having us tonight. Well, thanks, David, again for coming on and all your efforts. Uh, and we'll, we're definitely going to get that together. And, folks, yeah, definitely check out the Making America Greater Together. And that's with an explanation point uh, where you can uh, see David on there as well as John. And uh, thank you, Troy, as well. Uh, and his comments on uh, maybe not so much the speech, but it says, I just think it's sad uh, that they waste so much taxpayer money on climate change while the earth is in itself has a lot of unexplored land and undersea. And I would uh, like to add to that, Troy, as, of course, you know, unexplored space as well. So let's go ahead and, you know, we'll keep it uh, back to you, David. But let's go ahead and, of course, we'll keep the pe- – well, your mic is live anyway, but uh, we'll bring it over to you, John, and then we're going to bring in Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. And, and Troy, if you'd like to uh, chime in and talk on the show as well, uh, give us a call at 347 Seven four two eight, but you would need to do that within the next twelve minutes, or we will not be able to uh, get you in there. And so, oh, and thank you, Cos, for putting uh, the PatriotJournalist.com there in the chat here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, so, thank you very much, uh, John. Go ahead. What's your thought? Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and hello, America. The easy thing to start with, of course, is the fact that, yes, it was presidential. Everybody's saying that all day long. That's been their their great adjective of the day. He sounded presidential. Oh, yes, of course. The easiest, the, the first thing that jumped out at me last night was noticing that it wasn't a laundry list of things that we want the government to promise to the people the way that the last eight years have been. We've listened to eight years of speeches by Barack Obama. Basically, I'm sorry, were we allowed to, to swear on this program? Anyway. Well, it's almost far as logic after dark, and, and once we reach the top of the hour, then as long as you're not dropping <laughs> F-bombs, we're all right, because uh, we'll be in uh, the extended period, which we lovingly call Bard's logic after dark, and so we could be a little more there. Right? Go ahead. Sounds good. Okay. For eight years, we have listened to a man in the White House deliver these kinds of speeches as laundry lists of things that the government is going to rob from us to give us back. 
in much worse form. Reach into our pockets, take out 10, give us two. And it's been eight years of lists like that. Again and again, always numbers, always what the government will give you for your votes. This speech last night was a welcome change from that. And of course, we got the introduction to that in the inaugural a couple of uh, five weeks ago. But it was beautiful listening tonight to hearing him talk about how we are going to do it ourselves. The government is going to unleash the limitless potential of limited government at last, as we were intended to by our founding fathers, so that we can do these things. We will create jobs. We will bring back manufacturing. How? By the government getting out of the way. So rather than the government saying, here's a $100 million program, here's a billion-dollar program, here's a $50 billion program, you can develop them yourselves mm-hmm. when the government gets out of the way. So he listed uh, wonderful programs like an agency requirement to develop regulation cutting plans in every agency. We haven't had that since Ronald Reagan's Grace Commission in 1981. A beautiful welcome change. That's the kind of thing that's included. And yes, there was a little bit of um, promises of big stuff. There's always some of that, the trillion-dollar potential um, spending plan and so forth. Oh, which sounds scary, but depending on how it's done, might be right. Well, it depends. But the beauty of it was this welcome return to the founder's vision of a smaller government and a bigger America. That was welcome and a sight for sore eyes for all of us conservatives out here. Okay, so uh, now would, would, would there be like uh, just one thing that he said or pointed out that really stuck out to you and the one thing you're kind of a little disappointed on? Well, for me, the thing that made me happiest was when he started listing those blank when he said about Israel being a renewed friendship again. You could tell that it was a not too subtle reminder that our partnership with our greatest ally had been forgotten for a number of years, had been intentionally denied for a number of years. Uh, During all those years when the Obama administration said, that Islam had been a part of our country from the beginning, that NASA's intention was to be an outreach to the scientific achievements of Islam and all of that. Right, yeah, I remember that. So this was a welcome change right there. I suppose that if you're looking for what made people, what made people's hearts leap, what made our, what made our smiles uh, go ear to ear, that was one for me. That was a big one. And what about you, David? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you, you, you touched on that point. Then we're going to bring in the Kelly. Go ahead, David. We're not hearing you. I see your lips moving, but we're not hearing your voice. I'm here. You hear me now? There you go. There okay, you thank go. you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, and and thanks, please, for everyone's patience. Uh, we're we're kind of on the uh, outer edge of innovation, but we are going to get it together. And. Uh, but I, I just thought it was uh, very telling to me that the uh, the left has to just realize that Donald Trump is the president, and they're they are not uh, uh, helping their cause to seem so divisive in the way that they uh, uh, purposefully kind of sat on their hands and and really weren't supporting you know obvious um, you know obvious comments like. Uh, 
uh, we're working to end, you know, terrorism and win the war on terrorism and other types of issues. And it's just amazing how they find it so difficult and confusing, uh, you know, to, you know, should they support the president or not? I mean, I can't believe they even think of that. So, again, I think it was uh, a triumphant opportunity for uh, Donald Trump. And I think America, a, a large percentage of America, I really believe, uh, saw the first speech from Donald Trump ever that they've ever paid attention to because the election is over and uh, all they have heard are other people's opinions up to now. And that's definitely a very good point. Uh, no, I agree. Then let's, let's hope that the case and, and not, there's not too much fear out there about Donald Trump. Uh, so let's go ahead at this point is uh, bringing our friend Kelly. Thank you very much. And then we'll uh, bring you back in, Susan. Uh, and then for those out there who like to chime in, push the one on your number dial or call us at 347-945-7428. Uh, because if you do not, within the next five minutes, unfortunately, uh, you will lose your audio and you won't be able to, to chime in as well. So let's go ahead and uh, welcome you, Kelly. How are you tonight? Thanks for coming to the show. And Kelly's our friend from California. Hey, or yeah. Almost the, the country of, uh, or, or soon to be the state of Jefferson? Jefferson. A lot of people are working on it, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm not so sure I want to be your friend, Robert. Uh, you know, all these roundtable discussions, you still haven't got me a roundtable pizza, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> roundtable pizza, is that what yeah, but uh, hey, y'all. Well, I tell you hey, what, y'all. Kelly. I tell you what, you, 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 my friend. You meet me out at Nebraska. Nebraska. You come to the lake house with us, okay? And I will buy you an extra large round pizza of your choice. How's that sound? <laughs> All right, sounds great. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll hey, get y'all. a table-sized um, pizza for you. Size. You meet me out in Nebraska wow. this coming August. Oh, I'd love to. We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, yeah, I'll, I wanted to – yeah, you kind of asked for people's thoughts uh, on this round table without pizza. Um, hey, uh, okay. Well, he was – you know, my gosh. You know, I was going to use my teleprompter to have this discussion, but due to Trump's example, I've thrown away my teleprompter. Um, you know, <laughs> and he was just really, really inspiring, very much like Reagan, you know. In fact, his attitude is let's move forward. And, you know, because of that, I also threw away my cue cards of blaming Bush for Obama. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. here in California, you know, I'm just so inspired by just how he ended and everything, the move forward attitude. And, you know, he's calling Americans to, to really reach our potential. I'm so inspired here in California. I want to make uh, American grapes again. Okay, enough of this lapstick. <laughs> All right, American make, make America what again? Grapes again? Is that what you say? Yeah, make American grapes. What we do here in California. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Anyway, Kelly's um, always wanted to bring in some humor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I try. So anyway, all right. Um, I love the American made pipes idea. I love hey, buy American, build American. It's great. He says unify the country. I'm just bullet points here. Um, he honored vets. He honored law enforcement. He uh, acknowledged our allies with NATO, of course, Israel. Notice he did not say the United Nations. Whoa, I like that NATO approach. That's awesome. Um, that was a brilliant move. Of some t- some of these things he's talking about, some policies and some ideas. Some of them he's already implementing. 
you know, problem, solution, problem, solution. Uh, he's doing some of that. Some of these are still kind of, you know, his plan will come out eventually. Uh, but I did, I did notice a, a few of those. But, uh, brilliant to uh, support. And I believe it was not just, uh, well, yeah, sheriffs and, and, and police officers who have been murdered. And, and, and I, uh, yeah, sheriffs and police officers murdered by illegal immigrants. DHS will support them somehow. Now, that was brilliant. Could you imagine um, the number of um, hearts, um, heartstrings, our hearts, how our heartstrings are going to get pulled when, you know, he pulls up a family in the gallery whose husband was murdered by an illegal alien, like he mentioned before. Um, you know, some guy had been deported a couple times, had a criminal record, and he murdered a police officer. Here's his wife and his daughter. And, like, the power of this is, yeah, we've got to support these people. How did they die? Well, geez, these illegal people were letting in the country? Oh, my gosh, he's going to gain huge political points, bring out the real issues, and, you know, not snuff under the media, uh, under the rug like CNN and others were so warm and accepting but won't let them come into their house. They won't even let homeless people come in their house. We're Americans. Anyway, so that was a brilliant thing. Um, so many good things. He just, Reagan made you feel good to be an American, and Trump is doing the same thing. I understand. I can see why he's doing so well in business because he's, he sold the compliments when people do a good job, and you just want to jump for somebody like that. All right, so let's see problems I was concerned with. Hmm, okay. Um, let's see. Medical and Medicaid and the FDA, while well, I was a libertarian, I just don't support social programs at the federal government level. And what is what is the federal government even doing in healthcare? I'm sorry. And I said this, I don't know how many times on this show. The second you allow the federal government to get involved in social issues is the day you have opened the door to let the federal government grow to infinity and decide all sorts of particular social decisions for you. That's up to the states. States, right. I've been preaching that for how many years, Robert? Anyway, um, <laughs> so Trump, yeah, so Trump kind of, yeah, we'll be happy about that. FDA approval, fast track it. The FDA does a crappy job. By the way, I've had five chemistry classes, plus water chemistry and all that, blah, 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 and it's master's degree. I was like, oh, my gosh. Chemicals, particularly organic chemicals, are so phenomenally complicated. In the testing of this, you're just going to let pharmaceuticals get approved quickly? That is a concern. Does the federal government have jurisdiction on pharmaceuticals? Well, yes, because it crosses state lines. This is a constitutional thing here. But I, I, it's like, no. Okay? I'm not happy with that because... You know, I mean, why don't you uh, throw in some arsenic somewhere and fast track it? I'm sorry, I, in libertarian, I get the bash on both sides or compliment both sides. So I, that's just a red flag for me. Other forms of fast track, yeah, I could, uh, hey, why don't we just turn over the hands of the states? A lot of this regulatory stuff. He wants to do one trillion in infrastructure. Trillion. Um, mm -hmm. civil. Okay, civil engineer, yeah, we like infrastructure. It's kind of how. Our society has come to all these conveniences that you go to other countries like Argentina and Chile, 
when they got bad rains, they can't. The, the roads are so bad they can't get the crops to the ocean to sell to the rest of the world. Um, so our infrastructure. Mm, Chile. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe no. <laughs> Chile. Maybe number one in the I'm world. Hungry. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're hungry. Okay. Well. Okay. Good. Good. Infrastructure. Awesome. I give it to the states. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so frustrated. that too much federal. But uh, sadly, needed the American Society of Civil Engineers. I've been a member of that group, ASCE. The, the national president, uh, one Obubu. I'm sorry, I did it again. Obama. Obama. Okay. Yeah, Bobby's oh. funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I picked up my cue card uh, blaming Obama. But anyway, Obama. Obama was talking $300 billion in the AAC. Uh, this was like four or so, six years ago, whatever it was. The president said, you, you got you to spend a trillion. $300 billion is a really nice start, Mr. Obama, but a trillion. A trillion is what you need. Now, by, by the way, that was dollars many years ago, and we have a lot of inflation. But a trillion is like, that's going to solve a lot of problems, and we sure need it. Um, if we had Hillary, darn it, I picked my two cards up of blame Hillary, but all right. If we had Hillary, we would spend a lot of money on illegals or you know, sanctuary cities or, you know, all these people that shouldn't even oh, be here. Yeah, and instead of the infrastructure, good job, Trump. Absolute compliment right there for Trump. He's got that one right and, and putting the border and da 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 da. I, I I should let somebody else speak unless I come up with a joke here. Oh, please, 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 let somebody else speak before I come up with a joke. <laughs> well, we, we we definitely like your commentary and your jokes. And we'll go ahead and bring it back uh, over to you, Susan. We haven't heard from you for a while. And uh, then we'll uh, maybe bring in some other callers. I do see some other that have called in. Uh, when you're, If you'd like to make commentary on tonight's uh, show uh, about the – Speech or well, well, yeah, about the speech. If you want to bring in something else, that's fine. As long as uh, it's relevant, push the number one on your phone dial uh, to let me know you'd like to get chimed in, and uh, I'll do maybe some little call screening uh, just to get your name, and we'll get you into the show. Uh, so push that one. I do see one, uh, so we'll go ahead and open it up uh, to you, Susan, and then I'll be doing some behind-the-scenes things here, perhaps. Uh, well, no, actually, because uh, the, the way we do it, we can't do as much. Uh, call screen. I have to do. Uh, I have to check that out because they still still might be able to hear me on uh, what we've got here with, with uh, blue jeans is what we're going uh, through with. So be able to get on uh, Facebook Live is going through there. Uh, so maybe we'll just uh, play with it and just they can give their name when I open up their mic. But two one six. I do see you like to chime in. I will get you into the show. Uh, we'll just uh, talk to Susan. We'll bring you in, and then, of course, we'll bring in uh, David and John as we go through our, unfortunately, guys, no pizza roundtable, uh, but we will uh, bring her out in our roundtable discussion. So let's go ahead and welcome back Susan. Thank you very much, Susan. So you, when you came into the show earlier, you stated that you did not uh, listen to or were able to watch the speech in its entirety. And so now that you've uh, had the opportunity to listen to this speech in its whole, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, what are the things that stood yeah. out for you and what, what uh, you may have disappointed you? But you know what? Let, let, let's switch that a little bit. Let's – let's because I'm always like to hear, get the bad news first and then the good news. So how about tell us what may have disappointed you first and then uh, – well, first your overall. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm skipping a part. First your overall, then what disappointed you and then what you liked. Okay. All right. Well, it's too yeah, late now. What's going on? 
Uh, first of all, and Susan, you're going to get closer. Can I get? I'm having a hard time hearing you. I don't know what's going on with their phone. And, and other folks, I do uh, for for you, David and John. There's anything going on in the background? We have it here live on the show or part of the podcast, so we'll, we'll be mindful of that. Uh, that kind of pro- programming. No, go ahead, Susan. Well, I do believe he was very kind to the lady that lost her husband. Uh, and Dan Grillo, who worked for Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, uh, labeled her an idiot, which was horrible. And so I just thought you might want to know that she labeled an idiot. Now, apparently he got some high praise from Wolf Blitzer of CNN. His tone was different in the speech he delivered at inauguration, went through a range of issues. It was an important possible speech. Um, and the MSNBC's Chris Matthews praised him. Uh, left, right. Did a thrill go up his leg? <laughs> Just kidding. I that. They have a sense of righteous indignation, right or wrong, that we've been screwed worldwide. I thought the speech was a winner politically. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, um, CNN's Anderson Cooper, this is one of his best. Oh, I was a little surprised at all that. Yeah, Susan, can you get closer I'm, to your phone? I'm having a hard time hearing you. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm as close as I can get without kissing it. <laughs> um, well, kiss it. Kiss uh, it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the part I'm disappointed in is, again, war. Uh, uh, you know, they invade Yemen, they invade this, invade that. As Ron Paul says, we should not be invading their countries. Agreed, get out and send them back. Far too often the bombing of declared or concocted enemies, whether North Vietnamese, Iraq, Libya, Sudanese, Albanians, Africans, produces the opposite effect, which it kills innocent people, creates hatred toward America, unifies and stimulates growth of extremist Islamic movement, and makes them more determined than ever to strike back with a weapon of choice. Here, Ron Paul. Um, he needs to get Ron Paul on him and get his advice because I agree. I, I don't approve it. Well, that young man would not be dead if we were not over there messing around. I'm sorry. That part I will differ from Trump on every single time. So that's what well, I was going to two things on that is, 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 is two things. Is one. I mean, I do think we need to finally destroy ICE to get that get get that thing finished. Uh, and two, I mean, I, I have noticed that you know, he was on Fox and Friends this morning at, talking about Obamacare. Uh, and it sounds like Trump's actually been talking to, uh, to to Rand Paul about that as well as, if you recall, there was uh, some talk about uh, Trump talking to Rand Paul about finally uh, auditing the Fed. And, you know, definitely the bears looking more into for that. So, but I do notice that Rand Paul has been definitely more in the news. He's been getting interviewed a lot more. And I, I think we're going to see a lot more of him. But I'm going to kind of go out on a limb without the one to call screening because of the logistics I mentioned earlier. Just got to throw it out there. So I'm going to open up your mic. Uh, and, of course, everyone, you know uh, how we do it here on the show with our roundtable discussion is once you're called in the show, you're welcome to stay. Uh, for the entirety of the show, and we'll bring it back around to them make commentary uh, for you uh, or, or with you, and then we'll, we'll go it that way. So let's go ahead and bring in our caller from area code 216. 
if you could just uh, give us your name and where you're calling from, and then, uh, you know, just tell us your overall, uh, you know, thoughts on the speech and then tell us maybe something that you were a little disappointed with or maybe something you didn't hear that you would have liked to hear. And then, of course, there's something that really stood out, you know, about the speech that you liked. So 216, can I get your name where you're calling from? This is Troy. I'm I'm from uh, I'm actually in Northfield, Ohio. Can you oh, hear me? Great. I'm uh, no I'm not familiar. I'm in I'm in uh, Southwest Ohio. Where is that? Uh, it's in between uh, actually Akron and Cleveland. Oh, okay. So it's like right in the right, definitely in the northern part, like in the center north. Would that be correct? Right. Right. And the first, first off, okay. I wanted to say uh, the hello to you and uh, and to John and to David. I've been a friend of David's for a few years. I was one of the original members of Make America Great together when it was called Make Great uh, Make America Great Again. Um, it's been a real pleasure working with him all this time, and we've been on the we were on the front lines from back back away. But anyway, uh, um, it's been a real blast. I tell you. Um, Mm-hmm. But the thing I, I really wanted to bring bring up was the, the the insurance, you know, because this is the thing that you know, and I don't think he really talked about it much in the speech. But the insurance thing, I mean, they really, I mean, I I, I was at, worked for a job for 13 years, and unfortunately, um, I lost that job, and that's who my insurance was through. So once I lost that job, it, they literally fined me because. I couldn't afford insurance. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 not even, you know. And just to bring up uh, what you had mentioned earlier about Reagan, you know, Reagan way back, uh, he had made a film about the dangers the of broadcast, government controlling. The broadcast, the Facebook Live, has stopped. Um, about the about the dangers of government uh, controlling the uh, the medical um, profession and and uh, uh, controlling. How we go to our doctors and everything, you know, because it's so it's the start of socialism, and uh, it's a it's a dangerous proposition, you know, and uh, um, that's my biggest thing. Uh, really, there there needs to be done something done with the medical uh, insure. Obamacare was a disaster, um, and I I really hope they work on uh, repealing that, and getting it out, and. Uh, as far as that's concerned, that's really all I had to say about that. And uh, I made some comments earlier too about uh, wasting money. You know, uh, the government does do that; they waste a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, yeah, that's for certain. You guys, yeah, no, you know, and I think. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You guys, I just no, that, think no, you are doing a wonderful. That's job. you, Troy. Go and, ahead. Um, uh, you guys are doing a wonderful job. I'm glad you're here. I mean. I mean, we have to have some people hitting every aspect of this. You know, I've listened to Alex Jones, Infowars. He's got one extreme. I think, you know, we need people who are more level-headed everywhere, you know. And I'm not saying he's not, but he's he's a good guy. But um, I think it's good to have people everywhere kind of just, you know, covering everything that we need to cover. And this president, you know, he's going to do everything we need him to do. And um, I'm I'm glad we have him really (laughs) – uh, anyway, um, God what? bless Trump and God bless all of you all. <laughs> so. What's your name? Well, Troy, yeah, I mean, and, and, and definitely you're welcome uh, to, to call in on the show anytime. We we, we kind of have a, a more than the more the merrier kind of uh, outlook uh, here on the show because yeah. you know that's why you know, call it the grassroots, we the people show. 
uh, and we purposely call it, you know, call it that as well as, you know, Bard's logic, as you pointed out, you know, kind of a more level-headed. We try not to get, you know, overly emotional about some things. I can't always say I'm, you know, <laughs> perfect on that, of course. Uh, but we, we do appreciate it. And if, uh, yeah, just share out the link. And if you're there on Blog Talk Radio, uh, just just like to follow the show, just get, you know, emails. And when the show comes up, you're welcome uh, to do that. And so let's see, uh, being uh, the round uh, table uh, without the pizza, Kelly. Yo, it says, and you want to make comment, and then we'll want to bring yeah. it back to John. <laughs> I want to offer if I can't hear you, so I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I said, I want to offer my condolences or would it be my congratulations on, on Casey no longer being your governor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> governor of Illinois. Thing. You know that? <laughs> Oh Lord. That's according to Pelosi. <laughs> so, like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, she. I think she's losing it. I, I yeah, I, I think Pelosi's losing. It. I mean, I, I seen something on TV where she said she can't work with the Bush administration. You know, there's just some things she ain't gonna be able to work on with Bush. And and people looked at her weird. So it's like, uh, yeah, you you meant Trump, right? And then there was another faux pas that she made. And I can't really. Maybe you know. Maybe her and Hillary need to hang out more, and maybe go to a couple doctors' appointments together. Uh, so, um, and then of course I think Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Elizabeth Warren follow because I think they they're, they're going to be kind of losing it too. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that she's she's kind of lost it. Uh, so, so John, uh, you know, one of the things that you know. I'm, and I do got one more audio clip. I, I play it a lot lately because it is something, you know, uh, that is near and dear to my heart. And I, I, don't, I think some of the new folks here have not uh, heard the audio yet. Uh, you, you, you may and probably have uh, heard, you know, listened to or, or watched the, uh, the Republicans, uh, you know, convention. And, and there's a one speech I like to highlight a lot and have uh, discussion on that. Uh, and we'll do that, you know, a little bit, maybe the bottom of the hour. Uh, so, you know, David, you did, uh, you know, you, you, to my understanding, you, you, mean, you were always a, a Trump supporter uh, from the very beginning. Uh, and, you know, you're starting to see. Broadcast on Facebook Live. There we go. And so you, you, were there for, you were there from the beginning, you know, a Trump supporter. Now, I was, to, to be frank, yeah, I supported Ben Carson first. Uh, that was someone who actually. No, Newt Gingrich, who I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I really, I'm really disappointed about him not being some type of a minister uh, in the administration because the broadcast you know, to Facebook Live has stopped. Okay, yes. and and so it's going back up and down. Well, as I said, we're still experimenting and playing with some things, and you're actually getting to listen to the show and experience those kind of behind the things scenes as well. So uh, that's something I think. Uh, is it a bother? It's, it's it's kind of fun for people to be able to to witness that and, and see how you know people are still working on things even as the show is going live. And so now I mean no you know back to my point is you know I remember when Trump rides, uh him and Gingrich were, were here in Cincinnati, and you know he's like oh he's going to have a place in the administration and I haven't seen anything yet, uh, which I now that's something that I'm really disappointed in uh, that I would like to see. Uh, He's there. He's there. <laughs> We're talking about some old folks. <laughs> yeah, is this is this uh, John? Yes, this is John. I'm sorry, you you called my No, go ahead, John. You you go ahead. Yeah. 
you can make comment on that. I, what, what? No, nothing against him. I like Newt, too. He's a good man. But a lot of the folks that were early supporters were really in the area where you don't expect them to come on with a new cabinet vote. It's possible. It's okay. But you can't go to an all-old Kaiser's um, cabinet and and avoid com- uh, comparisons with the Politburo of the days of Brezhnev. I mean, what we're looking at today is a pretty balanced cabinet age-wise, a lot of good experience, a lot of unexpected people, but good experience. Betsy DeVos, 30 years of think tank background. Elaine Chow, um, many years as a cabinet secretary in the past. Rex Tillerson, never been in government before. He comes from business. A beautiful mix, a beautiful cross-section, not the usual cross-section expect. But you can't worry about how some of his good supporters uh, didn't wind up in the administration. It's actually kind of a relief because with some presidencies, you really get the impression that the only reason that people supported them was that they were promised jobs beforehand. You look at the Obama administration and his entire cabinet was former governors and senators who had been on his bandwagon early. I think it's rather nice that this is a different mix not a bunch of politicians who would endorse them. Well, and in large part, in large part, John, I would agree with you. Uh, uh, you know, on that. However, I mean, I mean, he, a lot of folks, uh, you know, supported you know Trump in the, in the early on, including myself, you know, because he had the support of Newt Gingrich. I mean, if Gingrich didn't come out as in, full, as in force uh, and support Donald Trump as much as he did, I might not have been as, as uh, a staunch uh, supporter of Trump. You know, I mean, I, I, I like, you know, I like Ben Carson you know, more so in the beginning because, uh, as I stated, that was someone who actually, you know, Gingrich brought into uh, the campaign. I even remember before the the, the campaign even began, uh, Gingrich was putting out on his uh, Gingrich Productions you know, kind of supporting and kind of putting out there the possibilities of a Ben Carson uh, presidential run. So he did that early, and then, of course, you need to start supporting Trump more and more. And even, I mean, as I said, I mean, Trump and Gingrich came here to Cincinnati together, and Trump himself said, see, this is the part that bothers me, is Trump said, and I'm a person, uh, uh, you know, you, you do what you say, you know, I mean, be a, a man or woman of your word, and he said that, you know, Newt will have a place in this administration. I mean, he did say that he was going to do that. Now, if he would have not have said that, you know, my thoughts on that would have been much different. But, I mean, if you say you're going to do something, you know, I know it's politics and you do some promises don't be kept, but you should because I think in the beginning a lot of people came on board for the very fact that, you know, he had someone – you know, well, he had not just someone like Newt Gingrich, but he had Newt Gingrich in his, you know, in his corner. You know, what, you know, you know, with him and, and supporting him. I mean, and if you recall, I mean, Gingrich was, you know, he, he, and here's another thing: is Gingrich was, you know, up for, you know, you was know, one of the contenders for the vice presidency, okay, to be the vice president. And if you looked at the polls. You know, and I know how people say about the polls, but if you look at the polls and the people who actually, you know, were looking into was going to be the vice president, the people wanted Newt Gingrich more so than Pence. I mean, it took me a while to, to get to liking Pence, and I still, when I see him up there, keep thinking, 
gosh, I should have been Gingrich up there, not, you know, instead of Pence. I think Pence was picked, you know, for, you know, a couple of reasons. One, you know, I think that – because remember this, and, and John or Dave, if you want to, con, you know, contest this or we could go back a little bit, we won't spend a lot of time on it. But remember, when there was that uh, talk about, you know, having, uh, you know, a broker convention or, or trying to do something with the delegates, okay, with those never-Trumpers, okay, and Paul Ryan was still kind of in that never-Trumper camp, and he, he had a little support for him, uh, you know. But Pence, Pence was Paul Ryan's guy. They're friends. It's, it's someone who I think Paul Ryan thinks that, you know, he can, he can work more with and maybe, I, I hate to say, manipulate more. Uh, but you know that that's how Pence is. You know, you know that that well that you know I think that Pence was Paul Ryan's guy. And if you look at it, once once the, uh, Trump picked Pence, that never Trumper and that you know all that stuff with them trying to do something at the convention that dissipated almost immediately once Pence was picked to be the VP. Right, but I think that you're looking at it from the completely wrong reason. Those op- that opposition, including my own, dissipated because every conservative in America who knows who Mike Pence is loves him and has for 10 years. Pence has been one of the champions of the conservative movement for years in a way that I would argue nobody else has been in politics today. He's what about solid. him backing down to the, gay, to the gay lobby? Not that I care. Yeah, what about him backing down? Well, yeah, remember when they had that big hoopla in Indiana? You know, you know. I mean, I mean, someone wants to be, you know, gay, lesbian, trans. I don't care. But I mean, as a conservative, One I mean, he backed down. He backed down to the lobby. No. Go ahead, John. It's, it's hard to find words for this. You can't hold a single, a single state level policy decision, a politician in place of a solid record. Now, is that to say that a a decision like that doesn't matter? No, of course, every decision matters. But Mike Pence entered Congress with a 100% ACU rating. For those of you on the call who aren't familiar with conservative union, is the main judge of the relative conservatism or liberalism of elected officials in the United States. Congressmen, senators, and many state-level um, legislators as well are measured by the ACU. How conservative are you? How liberal are you? And what they do, what they tend to do, what Republicans tend to do, is to start pretty conservative, 90, 92. And in two years, four years, six years, drop to 84, 80, 76, 70. That's how most politicians go, even if they seem to start out good. Mike Pence started out his first year in Washington as a congressman from Indianapolis and the suburbs, I believe, at 100% ACU conservative rating. When he left after a decade, you know what it was at? 99 and a half. With rounding, he stayed at 100. That doesn't happen. And when I say that doesn't happen, this is not an exaggeration. It doesn't happen. He's the statistical impossibility that you find in a Mike Lee or a Ted Cruz and darn few others. So when Mike Pence was selected, people like me, and believe me, I was a never-Trumper. I called myself never-Trumper. In my column, I called myself a never-Trumper all the time. In the primaries, I did not believe that there was a chance on earth that Donald Trump was really one of us. 
when he nominated Mike Pence, when he picked Pence as his running mate, I thought, well, he may not be, but my gosh, now we have a, a vote for Trump means a 25% possibility of a Pence presidency. That's Robert, if you're wondering why the opposition dissipated at the convention, that's why. It's because the Republicans, the real Republicans at the convention, saw Pence chosen, and that was a sea change for the right. Well, you know, I'll, I'll stick with, with, with thought <laughs> my thoughts on that. But, no, one thing, I mean, I mean, I don't dislike Pence. Don't get me wrong. I mean, and I, I think he did a really strong showing in this debate, uh, you know, the vice presidential debate, and that, that definitely scored some points, you know, you know, for me. And then, you know, I've, you know he, he's not someone who I immediately like. He had to grow on me, frankly, you know, because he just, he just has to grow exciting. on me. He's not a thrilling, exciting, lively politician. That's true. He's kind of a balance to Trump's lively, exciting, yelling campaign, which was also well from the perspective of the average voter who is concerned about somebody who throws red meat at the crowd. They could look at Pence and see, I hate this word, but gravitas. Gravitas is one of the things that made the Texan George Bush electable in 2000. By the same token, the gravity of a Mike Pence, Midwestern, quiet, calm boy, Mike Pence, that gravity balanced out some of, uh, some of Donald Trump's excitement, which is good. That kind of a balance is fine. Nothing wrong with it. What counts is policy. And on policy, Mike Pence is as solid a conservative as you will ever find in any office in the country, bottom to top. Well, and I, yeah, and yeah, I do see the score there. For uh, go ahead, David. Yeah, uh, no, Kelly here. Oh, Kelly, um, go ahead, the, Kelly. The gentleman that just discussed Pence's uh, high conservative values. Um, you know, I first heard about Pence. Who? Pence? Who? Never heard of him. Anyway, yeah, I think you got some good points there, and maybe strategically Trump did that to get the you know conservatives on board. Uh, where's where's Pence on the Constitution? I'm sorry, that's my cut to the chase. Where's Pence on the Constitution? One hundred, if a one hundred percent ACU rating for ten years straight doesn't convince you, nothing I say can. Well, I, well, no, I apologize. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally open to what. Yeah, I'm Honestly, totally open to what you're telling me. I, I just I just don't know what this ACU raising rating is. I mean, it's a little embarrassing that I should know something like this, but I guess I don't. I don't know. Is it conservative or is it constitutional or both or is it? Uh, it's it's conservative. As long okay. as I've been a conservative, which is my entire life of fifty-four years, it's been the same thing. Conservatism means we stand for the Constitution. In opposition okay. to the left stands for ripping it up and shredding it and turning it to ashes. No, yeah, you are a solid constitutional conservative man. He's great. I mean, this tonight's program isn't supposed to be a debate on the vice president, but no, it just it, it, well, that's the organic point. Right, and that, well, that's the organic nature of the show. Sometimes you know it can go 
you know, a little <laughs> off topic. That's just the organic nature of it, uh, and that, that can happen. And you're right. I mean, that 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 is it. And we, don't, you know, as I stated earlier, you know, we weren't going to spend a lot of time on it. And yeah, I mean, I looked it up. There. I mean, his AC, I mean, his AC rating is, you know, very high. I think it was the lifetime was like 99. I think is what I right. is what wow. I think. And I'm, and I'm not trying to t- and I'm not, I was never trying to lower his uh, his. Co- conservative credentials, or I wasn't trying to critique uh, his conservative uh, credentials. I just figured that, you know, for, for you're supposed to have a ticket of strength, you know, I just feel like that, you know, as you pointed out, and it's not even about exciting, he just never seemed like a, now while he's, you know, principled in his, you know, in his, you know, convictions and, you know, his conservatism, I'm not, I'm not doubting that at all. I just never seen Pence as you know, a strong, forceful figure, and then a lot of folks decided, you know, or thought, well, he was a good balance to Trump, and that, you know, uh, is one thing I've heard a lot of folks say. But, I mean, I just didn't think it was, you know, you just see somebody who had been, you know, been more powerful, I guess, at least, oh, you know, put that forth, you know, as more of a powerful personality uh, would have been someone, you know, more so that, that Trump would have picked for that. And, and as I said, I mean, I really – would have liked to see uh, Gingrich in there. I think that you know Gingrich has a ton to offer. I mean, he, I, you know, he was who I would like to have uh, won the primary back in 2012. I think uh, the GOP pretty much stripped that from him, uh, so they can coronate uh, Romney, who was was the well. That's that's a show for another time. <laughs> back in the past, we're we're not going to go past. We would have looked forward certainly. Well, it'll be interesting to see if you know you got the 99% AC rating. If we'll see if Pence has a really high DC rating, you know, put them together, you got AC DC. I hope he doesn't start singing um, back to back. <laughs> anyway, the highway to hell. That kind of. All right, no, I don't think Pence would do that because he's just kind of too mild manner. Anyway, well, yeah, we might see uh, 16 years of something awesome. Um, I'm still having some reservations on Trump, but. Uh, you know, things are looking pretty good. Obviously, I didn't like Hillary. Um, anyway, I'm just, yeah, I'm glad, uh, you know, Robert, just straight up, I'm glad we're getting some new voices tonight, and I welcome discussion, and we might not always agree, but at least we can have uh, a discussion and, and cause each other to think. I know been a number of uh, other panelists and or guests have it made me think, and then i got to start researching some more, and, and we just move forward. So I, I'm, I'm glad that we're having so many. Yeah, definitely. We're going to try, you know, with with David's help, we're going to, you know, try some new things here. I mean, I think it's pretty exciting what we tried, you know, and and, at some point we got it to work, uh, you know, do tonight. I think it's, you know, an exciting thing and definitely move forward. And I mean, actually, when I first started the show back in 2012, just a little bit of background for the new folks here. uh, And we are at the bottom of the hour and then, uh, you know, I want to play this, this, this audio, and I want to get our two new people uh, to see what their thoughts are and, on it are. And uh, when I first started the show in 2012, uh, it, it was to, you know, tout, you know, the, the new Gingrich. So this was during the primaries that I brought them, uh, that I started the show, you know, talent support new Gingrich and, and get the word out about new Gingrich. And then, you know, but, but after that, you know, I kind of want to be more of like a debate show. And, it's, and actually, instead of people yelling at each other, we can have, a, as you pointed out, Kelly uh, and John, is, you know, have a civil discourse. But, you know, I just kind of let the show mold itself into what and then, you know, it was going to become. I never really pushed a certain 
you know, agenda or pushed a certain way I wanted the show to go because I figured, well, you know, I'm just going to have guests on. I'm going to panel on. I'm going to have people call in. And what, that's why I say the organic nature, whichever way the, the show develops, that's what I'm just going to let it go. You know, just gonna, that's why I don't call it the, the Robert Jetter show, as I pointed out many times, you know, before is, you know, it's not where I'm going to take the show. It's where the people who call in and participate in the show, it's where, you know, it's where you guys are going to take it. And, uh, you know, I'm just kind of facilitator, mediator, go along for the ride and put my own input in there too, of course. Um, but that's where we, where we got it. And so, yeah, you know, it's welcome, John. That's my understanding, John, and then I'm going to play the audio. Uh, and then you get yourself and David's commentary. Is through my saying you were a pretty uh, ardent uh, crew supporter. Am I correct in that? Uh, me? Oh, okay. Back uh, back to me. I'm John DeLeo. I'm a uh, columnist with Illinois Review, which is an Illinois basically conservative blog and news site. I've been for about eight years weekly column. Um, I started out hoping for Bobby Jindal. Then he dropped out. Then I then I hoped for Scott Walker, whom I've actually known slightly for thirty years, but um, he dropped out. And then okay, who's left? Well, Ted Cruz is the best, but I didn't think he would be as electable as those first two. That's why I was hoping for them, but they dropped. So I became a solid Cruz supporter. Love him. Didn't think he was necessarily our strongest candidate, but love him and would love to see him as president or chief justice of the Supreme Court or something. Mm -hmm. And I was quite nervous about Trump. I was quite nervous all the way until Election Day. Voted for him, of course, but, you know, I was nervous. I didn't – I was not convinced that he was one of us. Only since the election has he turned me around, and I've been overjoyed to see that he is governing as the most conservative president since – possibly since Coolidge. Uh, he's he's doing great in many 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 things. He's got some flaws, and to, and the speech last night did list a number of flaws. It listed a number of strengths, listed a number of errors where I fear he's going to run into reality and have some problems. But as long as he does enough of the easy, good, positive stuff, this is going to be a phenomenal presidency. What are the well, you know, gosh, I think. This is one of those shows that I wish I could. I had a fourth hour <laughs> to do it because I definitely think that you know, with, with, with all you guys, gals on here, we certainly could uh, fill it up with interesting time. That's for certain. And I definitely, as Kelly pointed out, what you know, you know, I know David and I are going to be working on things in the future, John. I definitely want to uh, welcome you and, and have you come on, you know, some more and, and definitely get your comments. But let me go ahead and. Because uh, we only got about 20 minutes before I have to actually shut things down. And the way we do it here on the show uh, for the new folks is that if you would like to chime in again too, Troy, uh, the way we do this is uh, the last five minutes I you know I have to shut things down for the show. Uh, but then I like, you know, about, you know, five minutes, maybe ten minutes before that. Uh, so that's about quarter to the hour, which is only nine minutes if you can believe that. Uh, I like to take closing comments uh, from the folks on the line. And that gives you just you know, a minute or so, uh, just, you know, final thoughts for this evening and maybe some thoughts moving forward, uh, and, and then we kind of close things out from there. But let me go ahead and uh, play this audio for the new folks because, as I said, this is a subject uh, that's near and dear to my heart, and this is something uh, that I've played on, you know, on multiple shows, and I'll probably continue to do so until I start hearing more about this in the, uh, you know, in, in the larger media. 
And so this was uh, Elaine Collins, and she spoke at the uh, GOP uh, convention uh, this uh, past election. Let's go here for From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shores, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call and they walked on the moon. They took with them an American flag and a plaque bearing the inscription, Here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. Countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again, what's next? We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. And we need leadership 
that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America. And that's another reason why in 2012, you know, I supported Gingrich. One of the things he talked about was, you know, and he got laughed at by Romney, uh, was, you know, about putting, you know, colonies on the moon and uh, and how much it cost and Romney was wrong on that. I mean, there's other countries in, in the world working on that now, Russia, China, India, you know. So, I mean, it, this is the point, you know, point, you know, about making American great, what you talked about early on. Uh, about being first, but let's go ahead and because uh, I am running out of time, I won't get with the other commentary on that I was going to make. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, David and John, and then we're going to do our uh, closing comments, and then we'll start with you, Troy, and then Susan, then Kelly, and then by that time I'll probably have to uh, close things out. So we got about another uh, about a minute and a half to uh, get the comments from you guys on this, and then we'll have to take the comments to close things down. And I'd like to give you guys, of course, your closing comments as well. So let's go ahead and uh, go with you, David. Uh, thank you, Robert. Well, I just wanted to say uh, globally over the whole world that uh, there really is a, uh, a a worldwide trend, very similar to back in maybe 1978 when Margaret Thatcher came in and it kind of led to Ronald Reagan and kind of a conservative uh, wind that swept the world. I see Donald Trump leading that same pattern. Uh, against kind of the uh, the large uh, go- global international interests, where um, he's leading kind of a, a national trend, uh, certainly within America, that's uh, sweeping uh, the UK. Now we see France, uh, Hungary, Germany, a lot of other uh, countries too. I, so I think it's really a proud moment for America. And again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's uh, Donald Trump is unabashed uh, about saying what. It should seem perfectly normal that Americans want to lead the world, should lead the world, and are going to lead the world. So I think that's a, a major trend uh, that is taking place, and uh, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I, I think only Donald Trump had the ability to take on the media machine, to take on the establishment. He obviously was not beholden to special interests, lobbyists, or money, and uh, – that's why I supported Donald Trump from the very beginning. I knew and know that America needed a change. I think he's bringing that change to us, and uh, you know we're all we're all works of progress. But I think Donald Trump is actually getting better and better uh, in office, um, and uh, I, I I do have confidence that he has uh, a, a a staff that is very cohesive and cooperative. And a lot of the stories you hear from the press. About the uh, divisiveness within his administration, I think, are, are just attempts at trying to create a soap opera out of what really is just a uh, steamroller of an administration uh, moving forward. So I just wanted to kind of say that as far as the uh, global trends that I believe are taking place that certainly could not have come uh, at a better time or any sooner. Well, I definitely agree with that. Another point. Uh... You, you know, you made that I agree with us. One of the things I said many times on the on the show was that I feel I, you know, thought that let me say Gingrich, but I thought that Trump was probably was the only candidate 
that could uh, that could win. Really, I, I don't think the, any of the other candidates could have won uh, the presidency. Maybe uh, maybe a Rand Paul, possibly possibly Cruz, but I think Rand Paul would have had a more chance than than Cruz. But um, no, I, I'm not going to do John. I wouldn't mind seeing. Cruz be, uh, you know, Supreme Court justice. But anyway, but he turned it down. He said he'd rather be on Senate. Maybe when he gets older, he'll change that. But I mean, I, I mean, Trump. I mean, I don't think any of the other candidates, any of them, and not not even Rand Paul, frankly, uh, could have won states like Pennsylvania, Michigan. I mean, especially those. I mean, I thought Trump even at first had a chance to win New York. You know, possibly win New York. I, I didn't think he could win California. Um, but I thought possibly New York, but yeah, I mean, I, I was really confident that he would take Pennsylvania and maybe even Michigan, which we've seen how those turned out. Uh, but that's what I thought. But let's go ahead because, you know, we only got about that 50 minutes. I want to get to uh, the other folks for closing comments. But uh, but what, what's your thoughts, John, on the audio clip that we, uh, you know, we just uh, listened to? And also, you know, your closing thoughts for this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, okay. On the audio clip, is it wonderful to be able to spend billions of dollars on sending people into outer space? Yes, if those people are the Democrat Senate caucus. However, if that's not who we're sending, I'm not a fan. We don't have the money. We're broke. We were broke 10 years ago. Now we're twice as broke. It's a lovely idea. Very cool. We don't have the money. So... Um, what Trump is talking about is trying to rebuild an economy that has been broken. Can we do it? Yes. The biggest challenge is splitting the line between the tough stuff Trump's trying to do and the easy stuff he's trying to do. If we focus on things that are going to be hard, like trade issues, nobody understands trade. I'm in the business. Nobody understands trade. That's a 10-year goal. On the other hand, if we focus on things like cutting taxes, cutting manufacturing taxes in half, cutting the effective corporate income tax rate in half, um, taking the agencies and cutting half of what they do, actually shutting down half our agencies. Sometime, I'll close with this, sometime for ticks, go onto the Justice Department's website. That's the Department of Justice. Go onto their website, click on the tab that shows all the agencies that are part of the Justice Department. That's a relatively small agency. That's the one that the attorney general runs. And you will be amazed at how many unbelievable, useless entities that act as termites across our country doing damage in their own little way all over the country, how many of them there are. Cut those in half. I don't just mean cutting the departments in half. I mean taking the departments and eliminating half of the entities within them. If we do that sort of thing, and that's relatively easy, with both houses of Congress and the presidency. If we do that, we will have a lasting success of bringing the country back to the limited government that our founders intended for us 200 years ago. That's what we've lost in the last century since the era of the 17th Amendment. We cut the size of government and we have a lasting success for a century. Well, and and we don't have a lot of time on it, but you know, one thing I'll uh, mention is that when it comes to, you know, exploration, especially space exploration, there's a lot of technologies we would not have today if it wasn't for that. One uh, that I think is important, you know, filtration systems for water, the microwave, the CAT scan. If it wasn't for, uh, 
you know, space exploration, and we wouldn't even have those technologies. So that uh, plays a big part of, of the, you know, adding to the economy. And it's also, as uh, astronomer stated, that, you know, about for every dollar uh, that's spent on, you know, technology and advancement and that, then there's about a $6 uh, return on that. So it definitely can help out uh, the economy uh, doing it that way. You were talking about creating jobs as well uh, in that field. And so then that'll, you know, perhaps be, in, you know, at another time. Uh, and I certainly don't want to see us turn into another, you know, you know to another Greece. Uh, but let's go ahead and, gosh, time's going so fast. Is let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Troy, if you've got any comments, then Kelly, and then Susan, and probably by the end of the state, I'll have to uh, close out the show. And, uh, John, again, uh, definitely welcome to come back on the show, and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, something together there. Uh, with you, uh, David, on Facebook. But let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Troy. Uh, okay. <laughs> good night. I just want to say good night to you guys. Uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful show. I'm listening to you all, all, all through it. And uh, I agree with uh, 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 John about the, uh, the the size of the government is is a very uh, you know, important issue. We need to uh, really um, – um, we have to pay for government. That's that's another thing, you know. With the government being broke, we're we're, we're paying to, to you know keep the government, um, uh, and it's basically um, also a strain on the people right now. And uh, you know, so uh, the size of the government is really really a key issue. Uh, I think that um, that has been lost over the over the uh, uh, years and. With all the amendments and everything that have been uh, messed with and added to, taken away, you know, things have changed a little bit. And um, but anyway, uh, I, I really think that's a key issue. I hope Trump works on. And uh, um, again, uh, bless all you guys, and y'all have a good night. And I'm going to get off here and uh, and uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much, Ron. We definitely, again, uh, you know, want to welcome you back uh, to the show. I mean. I- and when it comes to spending money, I mean, we spend, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, you know, different programs and things that, you know, that could be cut. Look, I mean, look at all the money that we send over to foreign countries and, and do uh, dumb experimentations. Let's, re, you know, they said repatriate a lot of that money back to our country. Let's get some put in the speech tonight. Let's bring, you know, the NATO, have NATO pay their fair share. Hey, how about all these other countries, you know, who we're spending all this money on an organization um, you know, there in New York, you know, which one I'm talking about, you know, where yeah, it's, a, it's an anti-American uh, organization <laughs> and it's in our own country, okay? And so maybe we, you know, cut funds with that. I mean, there's plenty of funds that we could cut and allocate things that's actually going to bring, uh, you know, money and technology into, you know, our country, into America, because that's where the future lies. And, you know, either you're going to you know move the the uh, future, or you're going to stagnate. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, bring it back over to you, Kelly. Go ahead. Uh, definitely inspired by Trump's speech tonight. I like his Supreme Court pick. Um, he did mention in the campaign uh, he was going to appoint justices like Antonio Scalia, and of course Scalia and. A couple others are my favorite Supreme Court justices. Um, so, yeah, he's falling through that campaign promise. Uh, Sessions, as Attorney General, I'm like, hey, that's freaking cool. Alex Jones likes some other people like Sessions. It'll be kind of fun to see when Session is in session and gets stuff before the grand jury. <laughs> yeah, 
we start to see indictments flying left and right and clean up this Washington, D.C., drain the swamp. Um, you know, still a little hesitancy with Trump, but I, I, I have got a lot of good things. I got some friends on the left. You know, I hear things on both sides. Libertarian. Well, you're in California, so. <laughs> well, yeah, well, given I'm surrounded, yeah, man. Anyway, uh, oh, well, at least uh, in my county, there's like only three token Democrats, but that's where on the Oregon border, the rest of the state, I get clients that are, oh, one was freaking out, the Trump's going to be Hitler. I'm like, no, 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 we have too many constitutional protections. You throw our constitution into Germany in 1933, we wouldn't even have heard of it. So. But um, anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. You know, you know okay, I, I, straight up. I am so looking forward compared to how, what Hillary would have done to us. Um, that one mm-hmm. little subtlety that I caught of Trump, NATO, not the UN. Globalists love the UN. NATO is that was mm-hmm. a little button. And that's what I was referring um, to. Yep, the UN. Go ahead. Well, I would encourage people that are the, of the praying source to pray for Trump. Um, you know, of course, I encourage people to pray for Obama too. I don't think that helped. Anyway, <laughs> so I had to sneak that in. Um, but you know, I, I, I was encouraging to hear Trump saying, "Oh, God bless." God bless you, and God bless America. You kiss that subtly. God bless you, and God bless America. How long have we, you know? I mean, I guess he's citing the Bible. Um, you know, greater life has, um, greater life is, is is none than this that he lays his life down for his friends. He honored this. He honored law enforcement. I'm like, wow, you're quoting uh, the book of John. Or maybe it's uh, three John. No, I'm kidding. That's a Trumpster, and instead of third John, it's three John. Christian lingo thing he kind of messed up. But you know, you begin to get suspicious when you understand that about Corinthians. It's not two Corinthians; it's second. That's just kind of a cultural language. Now, now. <laughs> a little bit, but pofa, pofa, well, anyway, yeah, well, and unfortunately, Kelly, we're running out of time, so we'll have to. I apologize for that. We'll have to bring you over to the video oh, to close oh. things out and. The, and I'm running a little bit on. And I tell you, what, and for those folks, uh, there is a, a movie that I think you would like, Kelly. Uh, and and, and is, it's called The Shack. It's all it's based off the movie The Shack. I, I, it's uh, starting this Friday across the country. If, if you like those kind of like religious like movies, uh, that's definitely something I, I think you guys will enjoy. It's called The Shack. Yeah, definitely, I, I, yeah, I'm check sorry, it out. I'm, Especially if you yeah, read no, the book. No, 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 no. Oh, did like you read the, the book? Yeah, no, red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm sorry, it's just not a line of scripture. Oh, well, you know what? We'll have to uh, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that. Cause I, my sister talked me into reading that book, and I did because she asked me to. And uh, the book is it's good, so I'm kind of curious to see how the movie turns out. But oh, Susan, we'll go ahead and bring it over to you, and then we'll have to really cut it short because I'm really falling uh, behind uh, with with closing things out because then it'll just shut off, shut me off, uh, <laughs> even when I'm not ready. Go ahead, Susan. Um, I don't remember who it was that was talking about liberals and conservatives. Um, but be careful how you use those terms. I am a liberal the way that George Washington was a liberal. Um, and King George III was a conservative. After the war, it changed. The definition changed. So we must be careful because we can describe ourselves in different terms from different eras. And you can't take that terminology away that George Washington was a liberal. 
Yeah. And with that, I have to uh, uh, thank you, Susan. And with that, you know, unfortunately, I'm watching the time. Got to watch it closely. Uh, and I do have to close things out. I want to thank everyone uh, for the great show tonight. Uh, love all the input. Uh, we'll definitely have to have us all together next time. Uh, you know, we cover current events, and we'll definitely uh, talk about other topics and, 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 have topical, and, and have topical shows. Uh, so, of course, we are looking forward to hopefully getting uh, Matt Bevan on again next couple of weeks. Uh, he's got some uh, congressional things that I know he's a governor, uh, but I was told by his press secretary he does have some uh, congressional things that he's working with, and so he will not be available uh, until the end of March, uh, perhaps early April. So that looks like uh, when we're going to get Mr. Bevan back into the show. Uh, but we're working on others. I'm also, uh, Susan, uh, speaking of you, I still have, haven't had the opportunity to call uh, Sheriff Mack yet, so I do need to, uh, to reach out to him, and I'll probably do that uh, perhaps tomorrow morning and soon we can get him on. Perhaps it'll be next week. But we'll have to close things out. Thank you, everyone, uh, for coming. Uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, let's go ahead and, again, check out the Making America Greater Together uh, explanation point there on Facebook. Just uh, put in the uh, search engine there and find it that way. But I will end tonight as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night, Robert. Good night.